We're gonna go live. Five, four, three, two, one. Tom Papa is obviously some sort of a nicotine junkie. He's using <laughs> a knife made out of a nail to scratch open the box so he can get at these cigars. <laughs> I feel like Ben Franklin used this knife to open up wine once. <laughs> well, no, that, that's from the Pygmies. Oh, really? Yeah, they oh, made it for me. Look at their little handle. My good friend Justin Wren, who's been on the podcast a few times, right? He's this amazing guy that does. He makes wells for the pygmies. He's a, he was a former UFC fighter. Now he fights for Bellator. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's in their heavyweight division. This big teddy bear of a guy, like the fucking nicest guy you ever want to meet. Oh yeah. And he goes to the Congo and and builds wells. And we've we've helped him out. We. Got some people to donate Bitcoin, which, by the way, is worth more money now. So what I'm going to do is take whatever it's worth now and just give it to the Congo people. We got to wait this week. I got to wait. JP Morgan guy screwed it up. He fucked up the I Bitcoin. I don't understand the Bitcoin. I can just make it go up and down fast. Um, ooh, how's ooh, it look? They look, look at good, that. Huh? These cigars. It's beautiful. They look luscious. How many people? This is what this is what you offer somebody right before you screw them. Joe, have a cigar. But isn't this strange? <laughs> Stop and think about this. Yeah. When you are buying a cigar, like let's think about the kind of people that you think of smoking cigars. I think of like a Jay Z type character on a yacht, right? <laughs> yeah. Just looking out over the over the beautiful ocean, going, "I did it! I fucking did it!" I mean, there's no denying I'm here. Yeah. You know, Jay Z's yeah. got a fat gold rope around his neck, right? Yeah. And he's puffed on yeah. a cigar. He's got Drinking a, some champagne. Yeah. Just, or maybe a nice martini or something, Ooh, like yeah. a gentleman. Yeah. And sitting there, just going, "What the what the fuck? It doesn't yeah. get any better. This is it." I did it. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it was Beyonce. Yeah. I mean, come give that on. man a cigar. <laughs> Absolutely. He fucking wins. <laughs> yeah. He wins so hard. And that's the, that's the beauty of the cigar is you could be in your little crappy yard smoking yeah. a cigar. You feel like that. But here's my thought. When uh -huh. we associate the cigar with that guy, think about who makes a cigar. You're talking about people who live in tiny villages that get paid almost nothing, mm -hmm. that are rolling these things together. God bless them. How much are they getting paid? I mean, I know there's some there's some places in Miami where you can actually go and you can actually watch them make yeah. cigars. They'll roll up cigars. It's pretty badass. Impressive. Um, but like, who is who is profiting? From this, like, uh, yeah, the big the whoever owns the big giant tobacco company, right? But they need those people that roll those things. Yeah, you do. But you know, the little guy who's rolling the things, he he's you know just making a little living, doing his little thing. He oh. he can't build the whole tobacco company. This is corporate, Tom. Tom. Yeah, what it's essentially like. He's a little worker. You need the, the worker bee, and you need the queen bee. Right, but isn't that person a lot like what we were talking about with stand up? Mm hmm. Like the the comedian is the one who actually makes the product, right? Yes. But if the comedy clubs were getting all the money, right, and you were in in poverty, and the comedy club was balling out of control, yeah, wouldn't you feel like like this is bullshit? Yes and no, because in New York, as you remember. There was a big riot, a big, everyone was like, these clubs are paying us 20 bucks a spot. They've right. been paying us that forever. Screw them. They make money, blah, 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 blah. And I had a hard time with it because I felt like what they're giving us in a place to go and do stand-up every night and have an audience there, right. the value I was getting for my act was so much more valuable than the $20 I was getting paid. I didn't right. care about the $20. Right. I wanted them to give me a place where I could go work on my act and then take that 
to some other city or some other bigger gig, and that's where I would make my money. Right. So you know what I mean? It was it wasn't purely like screw the man. The man's giving me a comedy club mm. and has run this place for thirty years, so I can roll in on a Wednesday and yeah. have two hundred people there. Well, there's certainly I think a different feel that you have for places that are in, like you're. Say if you were an Ice House comedian, okay. you essentially have like a partnership with the Ice House. Like I feel like I have a bit of a partnership with the Ice House. Yes. Well, that, you do. You you sell it place. out. Yeah, and I love that place, and I love Bob, the guy who owns Great. it. And I, I don't mean a partnership like I have an ownership in it, but I feel like there's. It, I have a bit of an obligation. I think we all do to perform at the great clubs, just like to just to keep them floating and yeah. to keep everybody happy and and to because you can mm-hmm. and because it's good for you and it's good for me and it's good for everybody. Instead yeah. of a partnership, maybe maybe that's not a be- the best word. But there's some sort of a inexorable relationship. You cannot separate them. For sure. Like, there's some cities, you know, like uh, Hilarities in Cleveland, right? I love that club. Amazing. I love the owner. Amazing place. Nick's the greatest guy. Great food, too. But they're also, pe- they're like family. It Good literally people. is great people. I have no interest of going to Cleveland and playing a theater because... If I if everybody comes up and jumps on Nick, right? Then I'd rather draw, spend a couple days. Mm-hmm. I'll make the same money pretty much. I like that is a relationship. Like yeah. we've had a relationship throughout the years. For me to jump and it seems weird. It does, right? But there's yeah. some other places that uh, you don't feel like that. I mean, you know. Also, your thing with the Ice House. It's like you say you're playing the Ice House now, and by tonight it's sold out. I mean, before tonight. And he's got a really good business going there. You know, well, it's I'm, also I've been able to get guys like you in there on stage, and oh. Burr comes in a lot now. Yeah, it's like you get people to realize like this is an amazing place to practice. Yeah, and the people are so cool. It's like the best. There's a difference in um, like the feel of the audience. Like L.A., it's like wow, we're at the comedy store. Can't right. believe it. We're in Ice House. It's like wow, we're out to see a show. It's like there <laughs> yeah. really is like yeah. there's a different feel to totally it. Totally different. Yeah, you feel like you're uh, almost a little on almost the road. Almost the road. Yeah. yeah. You know what's like that too? Oxnard. Oxnard. You ever done that place? No. Levity oh, the Oxnard? new Levity. No, no, no. Fucking amazing club. And now we're outside of L.A. and you're on the road. Uh, uh, comedy Magic. Same kind oh, yeah. of thing. Same thing. You yeah. know. Any yeah. place where when you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I got to drive there. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> then you know you're a little on the road. But you know those gigs, man, they're so fucking important. Because you have to yeah. have those shitty gigs to, impreci- to appreciate the nice ones. Oh, absolutely. Oh, every gig is good. Yeah. Even the worst ones. But back to your uh, cigar thing. You know, there are these little workers that are probably making $2 a day. That's the point. Rolling the stuff. I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't really know. Maybe but, we're dead off, and maybe these people are like highly compensated, skilled labor. Well, it's probably layers of it. There's probably a guy who's not? really good at it, you know, who runs everybody who's been there That's for 30 Pablo. years. Yes, they Watch him roll. And this motherfucker could just whoosh. <laughs> Like, right, you know put... dudes who could just roll joints? Yeah. You ever meet those guys? Oh, so impressive. Like a cigarette. <laughs> They'd slide it out their mouth. I have no skill. <laughs> I, I am a fucking ape-fingered retard when it comes to rolling joints. I, I used to be can't. good at it. But I watch some people, like Tony Hinchcliffe can roll a fucking fat joint. Really? Yeah. Jamie mm, Vernon rolls, r- rolls a goddamn good joint. I used to be good at it. You know what the problem with me, man? I got one of those roller things. Those little roll A little machine roll machine? Roll with the fingers. The best ones are with the fingers. There's one that you, <laughs> I have that you could go like that. You, uh-huh. just, you put the rolling paper in, you put the, uh, the the weed in, and then you know you lick the paper, and then you just go like that. Boom, boom. 
and it does it all really all by itself. Yeah, it rolls it up. It's so advanced. Yeah. It's so that, but I've been, it's so good. I'm like, I'm not rolling this by my by hand. What am I, an asshole? When what you're smoking I, by start yourself, start a fire with sticks and shit. <laughs> yeah. When you're by yourself, do you roll or do you just take like a I one? I buy them already rolled. Oh, you buy them already yeah. rolled from nice. LA Speedweed for all your delivery services. <laughs> That's very nice. Um, when you buy them already rolled, like you don't have to think about it. I don't want to think about shit. Yeah. But some people have the ritual. But the ritual of that, Chopping I used to love up. the. Do you do it on an album? I used to, and they had albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, is, what has replaced the album for rolling weed on? And then it went to CD cover. You would do it yeah, on a CD, CD cover. cover. <laughs> and now, Some people use those uh, actual weed theme trays. Yeah. That seems kind of corny to me. Yeah. I feel like you should steal some shit from a cafeteria. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Have like a, a Pirates of the Caribbean, like ornate little tray. You know what you should have, man? You should get one of them aluminum ones from prison, because you're in a prison of <laughs> Your own mind, man. <laughs> that would be actually kind of badass. A real, like, standard issue aluminum yeah. prison tray for weed. <laughs> yeah. Comes you're with a, fake mashed potatoes. You're in a prison of your own mind, man. Man, you gotta free your mind. Do you have a cutter? Uh, I do not. Oh, yeah, no, I do. I could chew it off. No, no, no. Don't. When I That's think so about crazy. the cigar, though, I don't think of uh, Jay Z so much as. Uh, like, It's a Wonderful Life, like the banker in It's a Wonderful Life. We had a box with the cat cutter in it and some other bullshit. Did I bring that in? I could bite it off. Is that over there? Don't, if you bite it off, though, I feel like it's one of those things. When I started um, out of school, I worked in advertising for a little while, and I used to have to go to this nursing home. We did It was small advertising, and we would go to a nursing home, and we would do all the ad campaign for this guy who owned like five nursing homes he was right. a really rich guy and he, he looked a little like a frog he was like an older guy he came up in the war and he used to you know first he started with trucks now he owns nursing homes and he was just like an old school guy big glasses right and he always had a cigar all day long he'd walk around with a cigar in his mouth just chomping on it not right. lit he would just chomp it chomp it chomp it and it would be like kind of scuzzy at the end but then eventually no cutter at the end he'd been chewing it so long he just spit it out and then light it up. Hmm. Yeah. What a weirdo. <laughs> Can't find it? Don't worry about it, Jamie. It might be in the other room. I can room. bite it off. Don't worry like about it. I feel like it's in the kitchen. I'm doing it already. Wrong. Yeah, we'll just bite it off. Just go old school. Yeah, yeah. Old school Bugsy shingle type. We do feel like a big shot with a cigar. Why is uh, that? I don't know. In the box? Why do you feel like a big shot? Maybe. I don't know. I feel gross spitting it out. Till. I know. Here's a tissue. Gang of weed in there, son. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, but Jamie, can we find out whether or not cigar rollers are um, abused and underpaid? <laughs> cigar industry is going to be pissed at us now. I'm sure. It's I'm a weird thing, right? It's like a cigar is like a a thing. It's affluent. Right, but it's also like a like a guy thing or yes. a chick who can hang thing. <laughs> Bro, she smokes cigars. I mean, come on. You know, you see a girl with like an open blouse, like wearing glasses, like smoking a cigar with like with a, a men's a Rolex hat on. Yeah, like a fucking Dodgers hat on. Yes, you know, screaming facts about the Broncos. Yeah, with like those cheerleader type socks. <laughs> go all the way up to her knees. No that shoes on. That girl's fun to hang with one night, yeah. but you, you don't want to. You don't want that girl for the long haul. Well, she's a sprinter. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. You exactly. You want to. <laughs> you want to date a marathon runner. Yeah. Yeah. You want to date an ultra marathon runner. Someone who's just <laughs> slow and steady, and they just keep that pace, and they will not quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Arms in tight, just go in little steps. Chick with no underwear on and sweat socks with your shirt on, and she's smoking a cigar. Like, okay, yeah, all right. You're not coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> this is. I don't think this is gonna make it. This one's not gonna make yeah, it. Yeah, this one's not... gonna be fun for a little while. But it's like a roller coaster. Would you want to ride a roller coaster eight hours a day for the rest of your life? <laughs> right, exactly. No, you be nauseous all the time. Yeah, I mean that's that's the function that crazy people have in your life. They're valuable, yeah. but you don't want to be around them constantly. No, a hell of They're a lot exhausting. of fun. No, you yeah. pack up the car and go visit once in a while and that, that's it. Yeah, cra- cra- crazy people are exhausting, man. Totally exhausting. I went with this crazy girl once and it went on longer than it should and she was intensely fun. I mean, crazy, just, you know, insane. Everything about her was fun and insane yeah. and I stayed in too long and by the end of it, I was like, you, you just gotta, you gotta go. I was almost in tears. I was like, you gotta get out of here. I can't, I can't live like this. Because it wasn't just the like the crazy fun drama. It was like they directed at you at a certain point, and they wanted to put the crazy on you and analyze and fight and do yeah. all that stuff. Well, I, some people definitely want to fight. I can't live in, with fight. I'm well, not some a fighter. People, I'm not either. Some people think that you're supposed. To, that's how a relationship's supposed to be. Mm-mm. Like if you're not fighting, you're somehow or another you don't care about each other. Because if you care, you get upset. So a very weird sort of dynamic, the man-woman relationship dynamic of things that people think you should and shouldn't expect. Right. The way people behave or don't behave, the way they talk to you or don't talk to you. Like, it's, yeah. It's very, you know, it's weird. It's As like, if it's all the same, yeah, too. If any friendship is the same. Yeah, don't let, don't let people be mean to you. Don't let them fucking beat you down, yell shit at you. But, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> but some people, like, if you grow up in a, in a home that fights all the time, yeah. you get used to that, and then yeah. you, it's not a big deal. Like, she would, this girl would, she would fight scream and yell at it and like as soon as it was it was done she'd be fine just like say have some coffee and just like sit there and i'd be shaking like oh my god why did she say oh that my god. <laughs> like i am not good with that kind of tension not at all yeah i used to date this girl would get really mad like really mad and want to fight and then once once there was some sort of resolution she would immediately turn docile it was very odd it was like she'd be aggressive to like start some sort of altercation, but you could calm the altercation down. You could right. shut it down. Yeah. But you had to almost shut it down by just saying, oh, you're not going to do this. I'm not going to talk like this. Like this is Like stupid. a child. Yeah, and I was young, so I, had, I needed to learn like how to talk to people. Right. Like, or how to manage situations. Like sometimes like something's happening between two people, like uh, you're, you're upset about something, and instead of thinking about how you're conveying your thought to them mm-hmm. all you think of is what you want to happen you know right i want you to shut the fuck up i know like, even though you want someone to shut the fuck up the problem is when you say that yeah you're not really thinking about communicating with them like through their eyes like no. nobody wants anyone to say shut the fuck up but we say it <laughs> yeah, right. because we want people to shut the fuck up yeah and you can't deal with yeah. i'm not yeah at so a certain, yeah at a it's, certain point you don't want you don't care what their needs are you just yeah. want them to stop well it's well it's also like when people want people to do things or they want people there's there's like yeah. the the mindset of you wanting a result you want someone to behave a certain way instead of thinking about them as like your equal like just another human being and instead of thinking like I have to get what I want, like what is it that you want? Okay, what what happened here? Like why are we why well, are we at this the, pass? I find like impasse. Getting older, 
that thing I'm more aware of. Mm. You're, it's the, that big part of not thinking about you all the time. Yeah. You're always thinking, especially when you're young and you're like coming up and you're doing, it's just me, 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 me. Because you're just yeah. trying to survive. You're trying to figure, you don't even know what you want. When you shut that part down and think about the person across from you, yeah, it opens up the whole world. But it's a difficult thing to learn, when, especially when you're young. contradictory to success, like you think, but not. Like, it's, it, like if yeah. you think it's like, if you don't think about yourself, no one will. You know, there's that kind of thought process. Right. Just get really good at shit. <laughs> you know? And yeah. the best way, here's the ironic thing. One of the best ways to get really good at shit yeah. is shutting that voice down. Yeah. Because shut it down, especially anything Which creative. Voice? The that, voice? That voice, like, me, me, me. I right. want this and I want that. And I want, you know, people to listen to me. Right. Shut that thing down. Yeah. The more you can shut that thing down and the more whatever you do, you concentrate on it. Going to work. And nobody does it perfect. Nobody no. does it perfect. Well, it's not only that you d they don't do it perfect. It's that you have to constantly re-teach yourself that. Mm -hmm. You have to constantly bring yourself back. That's huge. Bring yourself back. It's a, it's a, it's a trick. It's an ongoing yeah. exercise. It really is. And that's why it's like, uh, I was watching this interview with Nate Diaz, UFC fighter. Mm -hmm. He's hilarious. And Nate was talking about watching himself on The Ultimate Fighter from 10 years ago. And he's like, please shut that shit off. <laughs> yeah. He goes, anybody watch a video of yourself from 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And you'd be like, shut that shit up. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, he's so right. Yeah. That's such an obvious thing. Like Nobody likes to see themselves <laughs> yeah. from a long time ago because we're all a work in progress. Uh, Everybody and, But when you were in that moment, when mm -hmm. that video was taken of you, you thought you had it going on. You thought you were doing right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now, we think we're in the moment like we're doing fine. But you, if you were to look back at this, there'd be something wrong. I'm upset that the cigar has two bands. I feel like... I took the first band off immediately. Like the cigar can go fuck itself because of that. <laughs> it's too fancy. This is outrageous. I am really enjoying it, You don't need two it, bands. How about you take the money from one of these bands and pay those dudes to roll this motherfucker? You're such a socialist. I'm turning commie as I get old. <laughs> Something's happening. Are you? I'm shifting. Are you shifting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I shift towards lately more than anything is like kindness to our fellow humans. You that know? is the exact word I have been using all month. Act out of kindness. Yeah. Politicians, people, grocers, my family. Just be kind. Just be kind. Yeah, and I think the more we recognize that, the more we see evidence of that even in an idea even in like groups or th you know chunks of people that share our mindset on other things and mm -hmm. we don't want to call it we don't want to call them out on it right like say if you're a republican and there's like some republican candidate or something that's running for president but they're really shady in one way or yeah. they're corrupt or what and you know like you don't want to talk about it because it's a part of your party yeah right that's insane you can't yeah you well you know, tribalism inside our own civilization is fucking bananas. I feel like that's like the most disturbing thing of the, all the discourse now is that people are so entrenched in these yes. teams. Yeah, you're a sucker if you're that in on any of these teams. No team is part. Like you've got to flow. Do you you've think that's to... because people are scared, and so they feel like they feel more comfort in being a part of like some rigid team? Like, so, like uh. say if you're a right, that's what I see. In like a lot of these white supremacists, yeah. I see fear. Yeah. These guys are walking and they're holding these flags and there are these uh, torches and they're yelling things. Yeah. I see fear. Yeah. 
I really do. I'd yeah. say that's, that's a big part of what it is. Yeah, they're Fear. coming for me. They're yeah. coming for us. They're, yeah. they're pushing us out. We're supposed to all be the same thing. We look different. Jesus Christ, that's it? I, I mean, the, and all the other differences that we have, like left and right and ideologies. and it's was, like, How can you be all in yeah, on any on political yeah. organization? Like, how can you? How? I'm it's all, I'm it's all blind faith. It's just like, what's that? I'm all in on weed. <laughs> well, all right. Team weed you can go for. I'll go team yeah, how cigar. How can you? How can you I be? really don't understand it. Like, you really have... And what's really upsetting about it is it goes completely against what we're talking about of yeah. listening to the other person. Like, really listening to them. Yeah. There's, a, there's a guy on my block, older guy. He's retired. He's got his little dog. He walks his little dog every day. And he always, hey, you know, we've only been there a couple of years. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Bob. And he just walks with his dog, and he's just like this nice, he's the guy from, he's in my movie of my life. He's right. the extra that walks the guy. Right. My wife saw that he had a uh, Trump uh, poster in his garage, and my wife was all in on Hillary. She was like, <laughs> I don't think I can, I don't think I can, uh, I, I can talk to him. I was like, yes, you can. That doesn't mean any, so what? So that's what he yeah. went for and did it. So what? He's Bob, the guy with the dog. Yeah. He's a loving person who really is excited to see us and our children and our dog in the morning. Stop using that thing, this one isolated thing, yeah. as, to, as a marker for whether or not this person can enter your life in any way. The only way you should is if that person is trying to force that on you and mm -hmm. make you believe what they believe. Right. And if you don't support Trump, then they hate you. And then, then it becomes... It's virtually interchangeable with religion. Yeah. Right? Like, if your next-door neighbor's a Jew, and the, the guy on the other side of you is a Baptist, and you're an atheist, mm. there's no reason why you can't all be great friends. Have, yeah. Great friends. Yeah, hang out. Just like, hey, what's up? You guys want to come over? We're going to yeah. do some hot dogs or whatever? Right, exactly. Or kosher? Yeah. You know I mean? Who, who gives a shit? It, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? And isn't it more effective, if you are really politically minded and really want your your you really love Hillary and you love what she stood for and you want that. Isn't it more effective to invite this guy into your life and let him see that he has a lot more in common with this liberal family at the end of the block than putting up walls and keeping him out? I think that people were given a real disservice by being forced to choose only on, on one side or the other. One of them is Donald Trump. And the other one is Hillary Clinton. This this like hustle system that they put together of a two party system yeah. is the reason why it's so difficult because a party has to choose a candidate. You have to vote on in the primaries, so you have to be registered. Not that many people are. Uh -huh. when you think about the actual numbers of people that vote in the primaries. It's a fraction of the people that vote in the general election, right? And that's a fraction of the population. Yeah. And so if you're forced to choose between like this really lackluster candidate, and people say, oh, she had all this experience. Regardless of what you think about Hillary, whether you supported her or not, you, you'd have to look at it objectively and say, well, th she's a deeply flawed candidate. I mean, she had a lot of issues. There's yeah. a lot of credibility issues. She didn't support gay marriage until 2013. That was one of my big red flags. Yeah. Because I'm like, how, why do you care? Right. Like, why do you care? 
Like, if you really care, if you really think... Really believe. ...that gay people shouldn't have the same rights in, in terms of, like, bonding mm -hmm. in a relationship, then a straight person, well, that's a crazy person's idea. Right. Like, what do you give a shit? <laughs> right. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. If, what is... And is why? It, is it... There's no, no proof that marriage is putting this gigantic burden on our on us financially. Yeah. And, and why do fact, you... What, what do you care about how these people live? Why, exactly. Why is it... Just so, leave them be. So be that, kind. That be was kind. a big one to me. And then, like, when you hear the difference between what Comey said about the investigation and what the results were versus what she said like there's a video where it plays it back to back where she says that yeah everything was fine and everything was no big deal and he's like it's a fucking huge deal and they, they <laughs> like she would say that you know this would there was no evidence of this and he said there was evidence of this in multiple occasions and it's like you look at the two of them back to back you go, what the fuck man yeah and people got mad at me for making a big deal out of that. Like, there's a lot of people that say, hey, man, you know, you're partially responsible and people like you for pointing out all this Hillary Clinton shit. Like, right. no, no, we're talking about reality. We're not, we're not responsible for reality sucking. Well, it comes the, like, But the idea is the opposite is don't talk about it at all. Right. And pretend it doesn't exist. Pretend it doesn't and that's, exist. And that's the problem with, with all these people being pit against each other. That yeah. You can't see the other side and have a little bit of flow. I feel like it also... Uh, has become this, it's almost like news is entertainment now. When we watch, uh, you know, 24-hour news programs and stuff, it's like rooting for the Bears or rooting yeah. for the Steelers. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's become this passionate, you know, sport. Yeah. Entertaining sport. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of upsetting. I mean, it's very upsetting. Like guys like but that I, Sean Hannity guy. Yeah. How is that guy any more different than a, like a local football broadcaster? Who's really excited about the Patriots? Patriots kicking team. ass this season. Oh my God, it's going to be great. They're not going to be stopped. Oh, the man, Patriots. They say what they want about Brady. He didn't deflate those balls. <laughs> it's completely, yeah. yeah. He's no, a, he's a, like a fucking raw, raw Republican character. That, right. Just like almost like a football guy. A hundred percent. Literally. You know he's all in. <laughs> he's whatever all the in. Fuck, whatever the fuck the Republican point is, he's all in. Yeah, and you're not going to convince him to like the New York Giants. He's yeah. a Patriots guy. <laughs> That's yeah. just the way it goes. But I really feel like you got to go through life, and rather than thinking about, and I don't want to be too preachy, but not to be, you, you shouldn't be going by my party. You should be going by the acts of these people. Yes. So everybody, everybody's like, uh, uh, you. So you can hate that that uh, Pruitt is going after public lands and rolling back all this EPA stuff, and then you see <laughs> Trump. Make a deal yesterday with Pelosi and Schumer saying we're going to try and make sure that these DACA kids are allowed to stay. Right. It threw everybody like, wait, wait, what? It, but, I, but I still have to hate him. But Nancy Pelosi's in his office making a deal with him. Well, that's right. how you should act. It should be. He should be allowed to do something kind. He should be allowed to. You should be allowed to call him out when he does something shitty. Yeah. It shouldn't be just this blanket. I love the guy no matter what. Well, you know, someone said, and I forget who it was, I forget who the person was that had this idea, but the idea was that one of the good things about Trump would be that he is concerned with public opinion. And so if he floats an idea out there and it's not popular or it's really damaging public opinion of him, he'll take a second look at it, uh -huh. which is a very non-politician-like thing to do. You know, and people point to terrible things that he's done in the past almost as like evidence that he can't evolve, you know, like evidence that he's a sociopath. Well, right. we're, we're fucking doomed if that's the case. 
we're with, doomed with if, human beings and with human beings in general. In general, right? And we're doomed. I mean, if you can't learn at seventy, is it is it over? Like, there's a difference. Like, <laughs> yeah. when you're twenty, you can figure things out. Yeah. You know, when you're thirty, you know, I'm better than I was when I was twenty. Right. When I'm, you know. Right. But right. when you get to seventy, no. Then it's there's not, no learning. Yeah, there's no more learning. Even in like a super extreme scenario, like yeah. being the president of the free world. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's the, terrifying. I mean, he's the leader of the free world. Yeah, at 70. At 70. And with a bunch of people that hate him. And then talking about like shipping immigrant kids back. Like yeah. there's people that were born here when they were two. No. Or yeah, they that, were brought here, rather, when they were two. Yeah. They were born in another country. They don't know the other country at all. And they'll send them back to it. It's crazy. It's scary. It's very scary. It's scary because it's not, there's no empathy to that. Like these people. No are, terror. It's one thing if someone is some sort of a dangerous criminal. Well, if that's the case, they should be in fucking jail. That's what jail's for. Right. Of you course. Know? So right. why would you just set them free in Mexico? That no. sounds crazy. And, you know, we, we have this a girl in our life who was born here. She was part of that and has since gotten her um, citizenship. So she was safe. But just recently, so as soon as they came in and started saying we might send them back, it was like terrible. 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 She was like hiding in our house. Like, can I just sleep here? She was so nervous yeah. just to sleep in her little apartment somewhere because she thought they were going to come and get her. Dude, a friend of mine is a contractor and he went to Home Depot and I was in. he's in Home Depot he gets out of his car, and these ICE guys, I mean, this guy is uh, distinguished looking, you know, a handsome man. Yeah. In his 50s. Right. You know, and speaks perfect English. Uh-huh. They, they flash their fucking badges. You know, he makes them. Shows, the first they just said, you have to, and he goes, listen. Just came up to him in the yeah. parking lot? He goes, listen, dumbass. He's like, he's former military. He's like, I told him. He goes, I was in the military. Like, you guys can't just Jeez. do this. This is not something you do. You don't just come up to someone and ask, where were you born? Is that what they, that's how they the let it? Him, where are you born? Show me your ID. Oh, my God. And he was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? He goes, I'm going to show you my military ID. Okay, here you go. Now, here's my ID. Okay. Right? Now, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> you can't do this. He's like, yeah. this is totally illegal. It's, that's insane. Just grabbing people out of their cars for just no reason. walking about your you, life. Looking brown, bro. You're looking pretty um, brown over there, bro. See, that's not kind. Looking that's, brown, bro. Where are you born? That's insane. They asked him where he was born. That's where, so crazy. Like, he served in our any, military. Exactly. Like, that's insane. Any fucking control. First of all, he's born in America. Well, he was. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But, <sighs> but he asked, has to prove that. He has to prove it oh because he's God. brown. And But just ask him, where where did your parents have you? It's the one thing that you cannot control. I know. Like, well, in that, a nation of immigrants. Don't you think? I mean, that right, exactly. We... <laughs> Right. We my, wouldn't be anything without no. immigration. My parents my parents' parents weren't born here. Exactly. Native <laughs> Americans yeah. are the only ones who who were legitimately here long enough to claim it. Even right. they came across the fucking Bering Land Bridge right. from Asia. Right so before it's it nobody's split off. I it's know. nobody's spot. It's nobody's. So you fucking assholes. Yeah. Just taking a brown guy right. out of his Subaru. <laughs> I'm sure if you took those guys and those officials, they have to have the same story. We all came so from somewhere crazy. else. I know. It's insane. So crazy. This guy's not doing a crime. Like, you're just assuming that he's some sort of an illegal immigrant yeah. because he's at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> he needed paint, you fuck. I know. You know. He fixes things himself. He's, he's a fucking he's, contractor. He can't be cunt. an American. Oh, it's so We just weird. throw our shit out. He's going to fix his TV. All right. If that's not... <laughs> is that racial profiling or is that racist? <sighs> I Both. feel like it's more racist. I think it's more racist because, look, racist really means that you are using 
power to put people down for the race. And when yes. we say racist is just saying something sh- shitty about somebody, it's not really. It's it's when you really have power over people and use that. Yeah. And that's what that is. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And it's it's like a target. And here's the thing, man. Maybe he's right thirty percent of the time that he does this. Maybe that cop does that all the time and catches these guys that are there that are illegal immigrants and they're just there to try to hustle and work on people's houses. Like, that's why we have laws. It's like exactly. If the guy... but here's the thing: it's a wasted resource unless they're criminals. Right. Unless they're criminals, all well, there are people who were fucked. Right. Fucked at birth. At birth. At birth. At just birth. Because of where they came. Right. They're, yeah. they're stuck in some poor country and they figure out a way to get across the border illegally. Can you to, imagine? To can you imagine how desperate people must be in these other countries that you would, you, as a father, you would tell your kids, "Go with this man and hopefully get over to that other country for a better life." Could you imagine how desperate you would have to be to tell your children, "Go"? That is a desperate, desperate situation, and it, it is. just is as roll of the dice that you were born. 50 miles that way. <laughs> or like my friend Justin, who makes these wells for people in the Congo. The well, just having fresh water, yeah. changes their life. The one thing that we absolutely take for granted. Yeah. They give it away free at restaurants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The thing that, that we give away to everybody for free yeah. is a thing that changes their life in the Congo. A fresh, clean glass of water. Is that to amazing? Us, it's nothing. Nothing. It's everything. You put, you clean your asshole with it with one of those <laughs> Japanese toilets. Yeah. You have one of those? I do. do. Of those? Oh, it's the best. They're the best. I moved into a house. I didn't. We didn't know what it was, Ooh. and we were just looking around. And we walk into the bathroom, <laughs> and the lid opened. Uh, oh, and it sees you. It's one of those. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Next level. And the seat is warm. Mm. Oh, it's heaven. It is. It's almost sexual. <laughs> I mean, because that warm water's shoot into your asshole. And here's the thing: it's like an there's only an on-off button. There's no timer. It doesn't go, "Hey, fucker, no. enough, you <laughs> creep." How many people are just sitting there with water shooting out of their asshole, stroking their shaft? I mean, it must be. It must be like the number one tool for masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody around the world does it, but yeah. uh, but Americans, it's not it, right. The bidet yeah, is not a main thing in America. What we prefer to do is chop down trees and make a fine paper of that that we smear <laughs> shit all over our asshole oh, with. God. That's and then the walk standard. About, and then walk about your day. Yeah, with fecal matter all over the fucking room. I mean, oh, we could cut God. radically cut down on the amount of fecal matter available if we just had jets of water that yeah, clean just, our asshole just, like the rest of the world. Right, just fly it out. But the do you rest ever of the world, have... they do that bidet thing, which is awkward. It's like it's the most unergonomic thing ever created. Well, those metal, tubes and those... Metal pipe thing it's right where your asshole goes and there's nowhere to sit it seems much nastier the first time you walk into a hotel and saw that as a kid you're like like, what the hell i don't care if i'm cleaner i'm not doing that (laughs) i was in um a hotel in new york city i forgot the hotel but they had some crazy setup where there was not just a bidet but they had two fucking hoses <laughs> one on either side yeah. of the bowl in that hard metal so you got a bidet over here yeah and then you got a bath with these two fucking car wash hoses oh my God. <laughs> that are right next to the toilet how clean do you have to be it, but it's like <laughs> i mean you just shoot water everywhere while you're shitting <laughs> like, what are you doing with those two? What are you doing in there? Is like one the right hand and one the left hand? 
And you yeah, just, why? I don't like cleaning my asshole with my right hand. Can't do it. And I have to Gotta reach go over left. and grab this and strangle myself as I clean my butt. I'm not. <laughs> I, I keep what? my phone. Sorry, in. I looked this up when that happened. I remember that. Yeah. The answer, I don't know if it's even better than the bidet. It's to clean the shit off the inside of the toilet. That many? To- no. One of them is. That's why it's so it's hard. Double hose, it's bro. It's like to keep it clean the whole time. What if you get the I wrong one? It blows your nuts yeah, I don't know what the second one's for, but that's what one of them is for. Really? Yeah. That seems you know so much a shitty way to do it. Pardon yeah. my pun. These, <laughs> these people are eating the wrong foods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what kind of shit do you take? Uh, yeah. Thank you. You guys are monsters. Would you, would you ever, um, have you ever thought about uh, going to other countries and doing volunteer work? Well, put that like, back. What is that? This came out yesterday or the day before. You guys talk about shit. 140 what? town Fatberg. Pa- ton. 140, 140 ton. ton. Oh my God. Fatberg has been discovered under the streets of London. What does that mean? It's oil, fat, tampons, wet wipes, diapers. Oh, it's a. And it's stuck in this. It's like concrete now, they said. It's stuck look, in this pipe. Oh my look God. Look at this. Four hundred and twenty pounds. The size of two football pitches. Is that mainly like a soccer? Yeah, it's one hundred and twenty feet. It looks like the globe. Is that bigger or shorter than American football? Uh, I think it's a little longer. Of course it is. And wider. Was found in London sewers. Jesus Christ! And is it blocking something? Is yeah, that I what the deal is? It's blocking shit now. So oh my gotta god! Figure what are you out how to do? get rid of it. I know it's, it's oh, blocking a big section of concrete or the pipes under there. Holy shit! Makes ay, sense. Ay, ay. That this, is like the ultimate clogged drain. This is so nasty. That's what it is, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. No plungers getting that out. Did I ever show you the picture of the tree that was growing in my toilet pipe? The no. The shit tree? No. Dude, I was having a problem. <laughs> my toilet wouldn't flush correctly. Uh-huh. So I had a, a fella come over to take care of it, and he said, dude, he goes, look at that. that. That's an actual picture of the thing that was in my bathroom. What is it? That is a tree. <laughs> That its roots got into a small crack in the water pipe this because they grow and they 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 continue to grow where the pipe is uh-huh. and they crack it and once they crack it something goes inside and then it grows where the water uh-huh. is <laughs> all so you... up the pipe so the pipe was clogged with like a tree it looked like an animal oh my god it's disgusting so for years you were just years. you thought it was. Going that right out of the pipe. This and it was, shows you oh. what I'm eating is super healthy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're literally shooting trees. Yeah, all the vitamins that come out in my piss. Like, my uh, piss is always a bright orange. It's the happiest. Because I take so many vitamins. It's the happiest root I ever that saw. That root went hog wild. It's, like, almost proof that what I'm doing. It's like Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Like, feed me, Joe. I don't think I was... Yeah. Wow. I don't it, think I was eating wild game back then either. <laughs> I wonder what it would look like now. It was happier in your in your toilet than it was out in nature. <laughs> what if you what if you change your diet and it turned different colors? <laughs> like what if it's like it's only growing that color because of that if you shit in it maybe with like you know like a high beet concentrate diet. That's so big it looks like it has a personality. Probably does. Like it's it really probably w- telling the rest of the trees, get in here, bro. <laughs> I'm so happy. Do you hear about a fountain Don? of nutrients? There's water and shit. You're Don, love it. <laughs> Wait a minute, in a pipe? Yeah, you live in a stew of water and shit, and they keep dropping shit on you every day, and you absorb it. No way. You live there? Yeah, bro. There's no dirt. It's and just they, water and, they and let, shit. And they let you live there? No, he has no idea I'm there. Bro, I'm telling you, dirt sucks. <laughs> Fuck dirt. What you need to do is grow in a shit pipe. 
Fuck, dude. That sounds amazing. A shit pipe. <laughs> Growing in a shit pipe for a tree is like being Jay-Z with a cigar for a regular person. Sitting on the yacht. So happy. He found the shit pipe. He's just in bro, the Bro, he's out there hustling. He made his way up the shit pipe. You hear about Harry? Yeah, bro. He worked at that fucking pipe for years, man. You gotta admit, the dude put his time in. All right, there's a lot of weeds out there that are complaining about Harry, but these fuckers, they grow real fast, and then they just stay the same size. They're not hustlers. Okay? I don't know. They don't have the long game like Harry. I don't know. I, I, Harry seems happy, but could he be? The, I mean, I would miss the sun. Personally, I'd miss the sunshine. Hey, you say that, okay? But Harry's mostly a root, all right? Yeah, and true. And he could be out there in true. the dirt and occasionally peek up a little. Good point. You know those sad roots that have the, the story of the to the rest of the root system? Like, they, they're up above. Yeah. And the rest of the root's like, what's going on up there? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. A I'm deer's a, coming. I'm making a break for it. A deer's going to eat the little saplings. Shut the fuck up. Uh, I miss Harry. <laughs> yeah, Harry was a hustler. Harry is the Jay-Z of tree roots. Dude, did you hear? Harry got busted. What? Yeah, this plumber came in. Oh, he got they ambitious. Ripped, they ripped he him out. He got too big. <laughs> he got too big. I was telling him, you got to stay small. <laughs> you get too big. You fucking selling keys every day, and that's when they come for you. It's it's, it's behind the music big. all over again. It it is. That is terrible. It is behind the music. Goddammit, you're right. Harry got too big. I would um. He's a goddamn bad company song. <laughs> yeah, he got Harry was a schoolboy when he heard his first Beatles song. <laughs> When you see what's going on around the world in these horrible places, yeah, um, my my daughters have friends, and the su in the summer their parents take them to Haiti or someplace, and they work for a week or two, helping build these places. And it's not—I was like, eh, this is just like a white, you know, I'm feeling good about myself kind of a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I go back home and the fucking beautiful white people, man. That kind of, but. They really do need the help. Like they really, honestly benefit from from people coming down and helping them and bringing supplies and stuff. Do you, do you have any desire to do that? Like you're a pygmy guy? Yeah, I'd have to really think that one through, man. I think my best method of helping is just talking shit here you're, about it. Yeah, you're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, get, donating money. Yeah, but I don't know about but getting going a hammer physically. and go sleeping on a. I don't know if that's the most effective thing for me. Yeah, maybe that's just a cop out on my part. My I don't part. know. I feel like I should you know, do it once. You know what I think the real issue with all these different places is? Mm -hmm. They don't like. There's only so much access to growth in certain places. You know, like right. and we think of life as being growth oriented. Like, especially in this country. Yeah. In this country, we think of life not as like, do you have enough to eat? Do you have friends around you that you care about? Are you having a good time? We don't think about it that way. Right. We think about it as, are you constantly moving forward? Are you out of the clubs now? You right. Doing, doing the, 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 the theaters, theaters, Tom theaters Papa? Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. I heard you guys uh, bought a new house. Yeah, Marina Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, you're always moving. Yeah, you're always moving. You're moving up. Moving yeah. up. Always going forward. Whereas that is just how we mark success. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a lot of cultures, that's not even a part of life. There is no like moving up. Like you can get a job and you can work and you're part of this community. Yeah. You do whatever you do, whether you're a fisherman or whether you're a carpenter or whatever you do. Yeah. But that's it. You just live that life. And so that's their idea of what life is. Now, mm -hmm. our idea of life is, you know, get a nice car, get a nice house, get a big TV. But what if there's 
something past that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what if some new thing comes along that makes this idea completely fucking ridiculous? No, no, no. You, you get enough credit so you can plug into the Matrix. Right. <laughs> and, like, and then we start thinking like that. Like, with this idea that the only way your life could ever be good uh -huh. is if you get a nice new laptop. Right. Or get a, you know, or you live in a, a, a nice community. Yeah. You know, that seems a little weird because really it's just life. Right? Yeah. No, I know. I mean, the bigger, yeah. And then you get, you accumulate more. The, the problem with it is that you accumulate more things. Yes. And then you, you're still in that vulnerable feeling. Now I got to pay for this and, mm -hmm. and move forward and get, like you say, get more. Like then, then I, then you're with your friend on his private chat and you're like, oh, well, I don't have that. I guess I have to keep working. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's, then this guy has a yacht. Oh, my God. He's got a yacht. He's got a 59-foot yacht. This isn't even big. What's yeah. big? Like 120 foot. foot. What's a good size yacht? Uh, Connor put this up the other day. This yacht pulled up behind oh, him when he was like hanging out wherever he is. But That's like, a yacht? I started thinking about the problems you would have if you had this yacht. Like, you got to have a security team because someone's... I'll show you how big it is. Too. Oh, my God. That someone's looks like the Death it? Star. Like it's got openings on the side for... Oh, for Jesus. your jet skis and boats. A, a, boats. a whole boat can go inside the yacht. On Jesus the side of the, yacht. Like the problems you would have if you had this yacht Who's... would be even crazier. I don't know. Oh my God! Is. Look at where that. is this? It's like a Ibiza, space yacht. I think is where he is. Maybe something like that. Ibiza. Yeah. That's you know amazing. how they say it? They say Ibiza. Ibiza. <laughs> what is that? That's silly. Tell him to put a th on that bitch. No, there's a. Uh... The yacht's incredible, man. It's crazy. Yeah, but what's enough, I guess, is the thing. Look at like, that thing, man. $360 million yacht, he said. Jesus Christ. See, what? $360 million yacht. Wow. Fucking A, man. That's when you're balling. <laughs> <laughs> See? Even, even what are we doing wrong that we don't have that? Sitting back with a cigar going, we got to sell more records. <laughs> we got to bring back record sales. It's the only way. We looked, yeah. we looked at the books. These live concerts just can't do it. It's just not enough money to charge for tickets. I need three hundred and ninety million to get a slightly larger yacht with a diamond encrusted anchor. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. And a crew that will lower it and wipe it off, wipe all yeah. the water off when we pull it out of the a, water. A crew of hot white chicks with big asses. It's the only buddy who works there. Yeah. No, they don't hire any like third world help. It's all hot white chicks. Do you think it's a sickness that we have to keep racing, or do you feel like it's healthy? I feel like it keeps you m making stuff and keeps you, you know, creating and doing things. Um, it can it can be either or, right? right. I mean, it could be a good thing because people who aren't ambitious and don't get things done a lot of times. You know, we all know like lazy guys, mm -hmm. and they're you know sometimes their family can suffer because yeah. they don't make ends meet and it's not because of a lack of opportunity right it's because they fuck up and they're lazy and they yeah. don't just gear with it and get together but at a certain point in time what we, we definitely know people that are caught up in it to the point where that's all they're concerned with yeah all they're concerned with is moving up and the the numbers and the ladder and the yeah that's not good either no right? it's not so either one it's like you've defined this balance. comfortable balance as a human being yeah and don't get swept away by your pursuit because right. your pursuit is just something that you're engaging in but yeah this is why like i like to look at this is a fucking very hippie way to look at things but i honestly like to look at all my pursuits like everything i do or i try to do as something that hopefully makes me a better person mm-hmm 
as contradictory as they, they are in some ways, like jujitsu, a lot of people would think would be contradictory to making you a better person. No, you're just out there strangling people. Right. Like, you're <laughs> it seems kind of mean, Joe Rogan. But that's not really what you're doing. <laughs> right. What you're doing is you're testing yourself in these extreme situations with other like-minded people, mm-hmm. and you develop a lot. First of all, you develop a keen understanding of your actual vulnerability. Right. You know, because I've been choked out by people that, I outweigh by like 30 pounds, 40 pounds. Really? Strangle. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. It happens all the time. And I'm decent, right? Yeah. And I get my ass kicked by yeah. people way smaller than me. Wow. It's humbling. And people bigger than me that are better than me, they just run right through me like I don't exist. And I've been doing it a long time. So imagine yeah. like the average person that has this delusional perspective of who they are. Right. You have to fit. And you also got to get used to getting tapped out and getting used to ta- getting tapped out like it's humbling and well, you, it doesn't feel good and then you have to be able to just accept it it's yeah. just a learning thing like don't get your ego attached to this the reason why you got tapped out is your arm is supposed to be here and you reached here and you got caught so right. don't do that anymore now you know yeah you should thank that person for for taking advantage of whatever possibilities you leave yeah because when you leave these openings now you need to know those openings are there because you didn't know it was there before next time you won't do this with your arm right you'll keep your arm right here like you're supposed to right and that and you might still get tapped out but it'll be harder isn't it amazing like any any time you talk about whether it makes you a good person it, yeah. any kind of a thing like that like what you're talking about is kind of similar to Yoga, it's kind of similar to what totally. we're talking about, like going and helping the pygmy. It's mm-hmm. all about uh, the common denominator with all of it is getting your ego out of it. Yeah. Getting your ego out of the way. And it's a looking big at it thing. objectively, it's, looking at like really taking some objective time. Yeah. A lot of people just keep going. Right. And they don't ever stop and assess and yeah. look at themselves. How could I have done that better? How could I have handled this better? Yeah. It's There's a, there's a real... It's like if you can get rid of the... the uh, the the ego and the self and all of a, and realize you're a part of something larger. Like even in jujitsu, like the way you're describing it, it's that you're interacting with other human beings. Mm-hmm. It's not like you just isolated walking around thinking I'm great. It's only when you get there with other people yeah. that you're kind of learning and get, having that back and forth. And I think, um, I honestly think yoga is real similar in that way too. Yoga is like very humbling. Mm-hmm. And you do it together with a group of people and everyone's struggling. Oh, and, and there's this. It's brutal. And then you're 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 on the mat next to two tiny girls who are just doing things that you can't do ever. And you're just like, yeah. that's it's humbling. Yeah, it's humbling. <laughs> yeah, it's super humbling. There's a lady that works out at my uh, yoga class. Sometimes she's like in her maybe she might be sixty, uh-huh. but she's definitely in her late fifties. Yeah, and she's jacked, dude. She's jacked. <laughs> yeah, she does handstands and shit. Yeah, it's like it's so inspirational. Amazing. And watching this lady take a yoga class, I mean, she does CrossFit, and she's just fucking completely shredded. I mean, six pack, <laughs> shoulders, just obviously fantastic genetics, but also right. Never stop working out. Right. Like her whole life. Always moving. Yeah. Was, Always doing like, it. Jesus. Like, and to be like next to this lady who's also, of course, ultra flexible. Yeah. In a class. And yeah. And watch her do all this. She's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Humbling. Your, your arms are shaking like a little baby but giraffe. It, I think even for her, it's humbling, though. That's my point is that, like, it's fucking hard. Yeah. Like, when you do hard shit, and I don't think enough of us do, yeah. hard shit puts things in perspective. Your mind wants to gravitate towards softness and the couch and the easy road and naps and. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, fuck that. Let's quit. Yeah. You know, your mind gravitates towards that easy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's, someone's gave me, uh, someone said, you know why people wallow in shit? 
Because it's warm and comfortable there. <laughs> Isn't that great? It is great. Isn't that great? It is great. It is. It's like, oh, it's just like this. Com- but, you know, there's that thing. Like, we're talking about, you know, being living in these communities in other countries, and you mm-hmm. just, you're a fisherman, you do your little thing. Is that wallowing in shit and just staying small? Or is there beauty and a great life living in something small like that? There's beauty and a great life in doing things that make you happy. Right. And there's a lot of people that believe that subsistence living, like those folks that like live off the land, like mm-hmm. in villages, and they catch fish, and they have like a whole setup, yeah. and they're not without food. Right. They have food, but the life essentially is about procuring food. It's not about getting a job at a factory somewhere, right. right? And then a factory will come along, and then all of a sudden the factory says, hey, we'll pay you $2 a day. Like, holy shit, I've never seen $2 in my life. <laughs> right. And you start working for this factory. And now you're eating terrible food, mm-hmm. you're not hang, hanging out in the village, you're yeah. working all day, yeah. and you're making whatever fucking brand of sneakers that they sell in America because <laughs> they can make them down there and pay a guy $2 a day, right. or whatever the rate is. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'm obviously exaggerating. Yeah. But I don't think I'm exaggerating not, by much. It's probably like so. two bucks an hour, maybe. So, yeah. oh, whoa, you get $16 a day. Whoa, you're fucking really taking care of your guys. Right. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> yeah. We're a good man. Ship shit down there <laughs> to have it taken care of, and that these people, without us, would be broke. Well, well, okay, maybe they would, or maybe they live in a rich eco environment, right? Maybe yeah. they're rich. Maybe they live in like, like yeah, the, nice, simple, yeah, maybe simple, they live in healthy the world. Yeah, maybe yeah. They, maybe they live in. Uh, you ever seen that fucking um, Werder Herzog documentary, Happy People? No, it's uh, called Happy People. Uh, uh, something in the Taiga, Life in the Taiga. Uh-huh. It's about the Taiga River in Siberia, uh-huh. and these people that live up there, and they have almost no money. Everything, whatever money that they do have, like if they they trap furs and stuff like that, yeah. they'll trade it in for like equipment and some money to get supplies. Right, and then they live off the land. Everything is living off the land. Right, and they're like the fucking happiest people in the world. Really, it's 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 weird, man. It's a super weird documentary, and it really makes you confront like what is life about. Yeah, and then also the, the these two questions, right? Like, are they happy because we evolved that way? And that those motions of going out and catching fish and hunting and growing your own vegetables and having a tight-knit, small community mm-hmm. is the benefit in that is that it hits all the old notes that we've had since we evolved, you know, from the time we were lower primates to living in these small clusters of monkey people to yeah. living in villages to working together and living off the land. And then that has been going on for so long. Yeah, your DNA this, knows it. Yeah, that this most recent trend of moving towards some sort of a technological world is so uncomfortable for us and this working in cubicles with fluorescent lighting is so new yeah no it's 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 unhealthy it my sister runs this uh, little nonprofit in New Jersey called City Green and she takes these cities like Passaic and Patterson these places that uh, were booming and now they've kind of fallen off and she creates these city gardens in all of these different places and brings young students in to sit and work with the earth and grow vegetables. Mm. The change in these kids who are just on their phones and just in this tough city world and there's no money and it's like this desperate, you don't know, there's no sense of place. There's no sense of what you're supposed to do. They sit and garden and actually smell the dirt and harvest vegetables and cook that food. It changes their life because just what you're saying, it's what we're supposed to do. It's our nature as beasts well, to I'm do these things. I'm not necessarily saying it's what we're supposed to do. 
as much as I'm saying it's what we did do for so long that we know it and the grooves have already been cut. Almost like what we're doing now is like, you ever try to um, take a screwdriver and a screwdriver doesn't quite fit the screw, mm -hmm. but you can kind of make it work. <laughs> yeah. And when you kind of make it work, it kind of chews up the screw a little bit. This is every time I that's, use a screwdriver. That's a human being in a city. Right. <laughs> so it right. doesn't slot right in. Right. Now I think a human being that's living in like the taiga, you're talking about grooves that have been polished and cut and yeah. the exact fit for the environment. Boom. So all their human reward systems for survival are they're not based on some sort of technological innovation that will move us towards a world of artificial intelligence and fucking the internet going through your brain it's pumping through the sky and Wi-Fi all over the globe. No, it's not that right. their grooves are carved differently than ours. Right. So our grooves. But, are, but don't you think your groove, like when you go out into the woods, don't you feel terrified? Shouldn't be there. What am I doing there? <laughs> but when you come, <laughs> so vulnerable. <laughs> but when you come home and you yeah. survived. You, yeah. Your soul, something's happened to your soul. Yeah, I appreciate civilization. See, it's not a, <laughs> it's not an either or, is my point. It's not like, well, yeah. man, you got to live in the woods. That's the only way, man. You got to be one with nature. Okay, well, you also should go to a nice restaurant in a city. You should also <laughs> go see a comedy show. I mean, the very thing that we enjoy yeah. most, watching and performing stand-up comedy, is all done with electric lights and sure. a microphone in a completely unnatural environment that's air-conditioned. Yeah, I mean, but you're dealing with human beings. You're right. dealing with hard heartbeats and sweat and sure. breath. But you need all this technology, and this is a totally new thing. Right. But it's the most important thing to us, right? This is a new endeavor for humans. Yeah, but don't you feel like if you're totally disconnected from nature and you just live in that city? I know people that don't leave Manhattan. That's not good. They're not healthy people. Yeah, that's not good. No, they're sh they're like shaky and weird. Yeah, right next to the battery all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Give it to me. It is not good. Uh, I want the biggest <laughs> condo. <laughs> yeah. You're like... I'm telling you, one walk, one hike, yeah. and it, it, would, it would fix their head. Or you can't see. The, here's the thing: I think you can be completely healthy being some fucking business person that's out there kicking ass and taking names. I don't think it's impossible. No, I don't think it's impossible. I think every to, to, for me to say that someone can't do it and be like as fulfilled and happy as these people in the Werner Herzog documentary. Uh -huh. It's ridiculous. Like, what, what do I know? The people are so different. They vary so much. And I know people that are fucking miserable when you take them in the woods. They're like, <laughs> yeah. fuck all this. Especially people who don't exercise at all. Yeah. Have you ever seen a, a guy that doesn't exercise <laughs> at all trying to make it up a big, steep hill? It is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Their feet start hurting. Their ankles pop. Like, they're basically like sticks surrounded by bags of jello. It really and is true. Like, and then they have to move their body up a hill. They're fucked. We had uh, we live on a hill, and they were paving it the other day. And my office looks out over the over the street, you know. And I watch people walk their dogs or or run, you know. There's like that's why I texted you about hills, which we can talk about later. And uh, I so they're paving the street, so everyone had to park down at the bottom of the street. So everyone had to walk to their cars. And right. I never saw these people. They were coming out like just like. Stick people yeah. walking and then having to go back up the hill, miserable. Right, they don't walk. They never walk, right. and they're like trying to like get up the thing like a like a broken down robot. Yeah, it's. I mean, some people were injured for sure, but yeah. some people they just stopped using it and it started deteriorating. Yeah, and you know you attribute that to getting older, yeah. which is absolutely a factor, but it's more of a factor when you don't exercise. And I sound like some goddamn infomercial. I know I do. 
But I'm I'm being honest. Like everybody, I'm not talking no. about do the shit that you know that you do. Yeah, you know, or anybody that's yeah. like fucking CrossFit and like that lady in my yoga class who looks like a Greek statue. No, you don't have to go completely nuts, no. but you got to move. You got to do something yeah. for your body. You got to do just go walk, man. Walk up hills if you can. If you live in a place that has hills, yeah, it's fucking giant for you. And yeah. don't. Bert Kreischer, don't think you're really running when you're running on a treadmill, motherfucker. <laughs> I was running yesterday. I was thinking about that because I just listened to it. He runs. Uh, he runs on real shit too. I'm just giving him a hard time. But I he know. was telling me he was running like seven minute miles. I'm like, bitch, you weren't going anywhere. You're in the same room. That is a crazy thing to say. Yeah, exactly. And getting off and writing jokes. No, that but you're was... not running seven minute miles on a fucking treadmill. You're no. in the same room. Yeah. I don't want to hear any of this mile talk. This is crazy. Yeah, and get outside with the sun in your face and the wind blowing on you. My and... fucking elliptical told me the other day I, I went five miles. I'm like, how did I go five miles? You, this isn't even a method of transportation if if I got off this thing. You know, like walking around right. this loopy way. I mean, it's not even, at least when you're on a treadmill, you're mimicking running. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're kind of running to yeah. keep up with the thing. No, you are. But you're it's like 60%, maybe 70, 70% running Yeah, what running is, right? right. It's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But the ellipticals, what is that? Yeah. You're pulling? I'm pulling? I'm going miles by pulling? I didn't understand what you were saying about when you texted me that you, you do the hills for an hour. What does yeah. that mean, though? I mean, an hour. It means that's how long the run takes. It takes about You're an outside hour. for an yeah. hour. Yeah. But you From go. the time I start, this is my. I try, I've gone further and shorter. And I'll still uh -huh. go shorter if I'm short on time because the end part of my run that I've been doing pretty regularly yeah. is uh, the last part is a mile. And seven tenths of that is straight up. Okay. And it's fucking rough. Yeah. And I, I, I can, if I could get up it uh -huh. all the way with a really slow, steady pace. Yeah. But I'm way too meathead for that. So <laughs> I do mad sprints until I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and then I pause and I try to get that pause down to a minute. Okay. If I get the pause down to a minute where my heartbeat gets to below 140 beats a second. Right. And then I charge. Uh, so I have spots where I know that I can reach. Right. And then I try to go you know, 20 yards past that spot. I got gotcha. you. And I try to go 20 yards. But the, the ultimate goal is to, I don't, I'll never really make it. Yeah. The ultimate goal is to be able to sprint all the way up the hill. Gotcha. To sprint all. I have this killer hill, not the one I was just talking about, but going up the other way. It's a killer hill. Paved, but it's killer. And uh, I was thinking I should do, because I'll go run three miles, but on, you know, it's a little hilly, but, mm. but I was thinking like if I were to just spend the, the workout going up and down that hill. It's amazing. Yeah, But it, like, I don't know what would be, what would constitute. Too much? Comparable or more than the three miles that I'm running. It'll be way harder. It'll be harder, but would do it three times or? I, I would say do it once and see how you feel and maybe don't even do it that hard. Yeah. You know, that I, it's, I, it's I don't hard. take that advice. <laughs> I'm a fucking terrible listener to my own advice because I always do too much and then mm -hmm. get real sore. And then I realize, okay, I, I got to back this off and build up to it. That, that, that was a big thing with me with the running. Um, that, like uh, I tried to go way hard on it real quick, and I also yeah. tried to go way hard on it with those five finger shoes. I, yeah, you got to be super careful with those things. Yeah, there's great benefit in those things, but you like they they lost a class action lawsuit, and I should clear this up because a lot of people that um been texting me about this or um, messaging me or commenting on my Instagram posts uh -huh. about those things. I learned first of all, I don't I'm not paid by these people. 
Um, they don't support me in any way. There's no. They never spent a dime advertising or a penny advertising this podcast. This is Vibram. Vibram Five Finger Shoes. Right. I learned about them from Mark Sisson. I learned about them before. Monkey feet. But Mark, yeah, those five finger toe yeah. shoes. But Mark Sisson, who's this like, he's a very well respected um, endurance athlete. He was a coach, and now he does. Um, uh, he writes this book, the Pl- the Primal Blueprint, uh-huh. about like healthy diets, and he goes back and forth from keto to to like a real real low sugar low carb very fat adapted diet uh-huh. really very smart and very very well educated what's guy. his name like again mark sisson sisson and he was talking about these things but that's the only things he wears most times he's barefoot and then he's essentially really? yeah he's essentially saying that like your feet in shoes it's like your feet being in a cast mm-hmm. and all those muscles in your feet sort of atrophy yeah and then when you put on those five finger shoes those muscles have to work in a way they really don't have to work when they're in a shoe yeah. it's much harder for them right so the same exercise that you would do like the same run is way harder because your your feet are getting a way harder workout right but you have to be careful because if you go too hard, a lot of people get plantar fasciitis. I think that's how uh-huh. you say it, which is uh, like really bad, d- d- like, like pain, pain in the bottom of their foot. Uh-huh. The, the the fascia is all fucked up, and yeah. it's, it's it's tearing, and the bottom of your foot is in severe agony. I know several people that have got it. Neil oh, Brennan really? got it. Neil, oh really? From wearing those five finger toe shoes on a treadmill. Neil really? Brennan. Really? And yeah. he's light. He's not even like. Yeah pushing mass he is but neil is a bit of an obsessive person yeah like in a good way and yeah. i think that maybe he got obsessed with running and maybe ran a little too hard right. with those shoes you got to be super careful with those shoes build yeah. up slow but once you do build up mm-hmm. you can you could run in those things and like my feet feel so different than they felt like five months ago really yeah they're way different they're way stronger way stronger but do you need strong feet well Here's where it's good. <laughs> what are you doing with these feet? Just walking around, it's easier. Yeah? Yeah, my ankles are stronger. My feet, because I'm running all this weird, fucked up terrain. Let me you ask know, you like this. Do you, when you get up at night to go to the bathroom where you wake up in the morning, like I get up and, you know, my ankles are like, I'm mm-hmm. waking up kind of a thing. Do you still have that? No, no I don't have any of that. You don't have any no. of that? Did you no. before you ran in these shoes? No, not really. I've never really had much ankle pain. If not I have, an- it's not very like, temporary. Just like creaky. No. Like beer can ankles. No, for whatever reason, I never had that. I did so much of my youth kicking things, I yeah. think my ankles are pretty strong. Right. Because there's so much. Because when you're throwing kicks, like you think about especially like a side kick or a front kick, there's so much pressure on the ankle. You're, like yeah, you're, you're, you're using them. Yeah, not with mo- so much with round kicks, because round kicks kind of pull it apart, and you, you hit with a shin. Uh-huh. But when you're hitting with the actual foot itself, there's a lot of stress on the ankle, and I think my ankles develop really strong because of that. Right. So when I run, um, I feel a big difference in the workout when I run up a straight hill yeah. versus I run up a, like a trail mm-hmm. with rocks and shit, where I have to jump from one step stone to another, and I'm... I'm yeah, I'll navigating take you, I'll your take way. You with me. I'll you go. should come come do it with me one time. I'll do it. Yeah, don't do it with the five finger shoes, do it no. with regular shoes. And I no. still alternate. When I need a really hard workout, I alternate. Like and then I put these on. This is what I like the best. These Solomon trail shoes. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know why? Because uh this this tread here is the shit. Oh yeah. This tread's You're amazing. You're not gonna slide out. Oh, not at all. Yeah. It's like a like a what dirt bike tire or something. It just grips in the in the dirt. It's like the best traction. How far? How far? Like, uh, like a flat run? Do you go? I don't ever flat run. You don't ever flat. I mean, I run. You're always for going up in these mountains. Strips, these little, yeah, because it's, it's exciting. 
It's so much more fun and when I you're see on a trail. I'm supposed to go back to nature. By the way, yeah, you dude. get excited when you're yeah. out there. It's, I see a person occasionally walking their dog, hanging out, yeah, walking the trails and shit. No, that's great. But it's mostly just me running these hard ass hills. There's nothing more fun when you're like sprinting. When I was a kid, we'd like, walk to school through the woods. Yeah. Oh man, it was just yeah. when you would take off and you're jumping from rock to rock. You know, especially when you know the trail yeah. and you know where you're. You've got to jump and slide. And, yeah, you're playing. You're yeah, fun. yeah, that's exactly it. You're. I do that when I run to you know when I do that when I run for real when I get high first you get high before you run yep that's uh, then I'd be I'd be, then I'd start thinking I'm having a heart attack no nope, nope, you're not having a heart attack your heart's just working hard just bring it in <sighs> really just go for that yeah man it, first of all there's been proof that a lot of endurance athletes find great benefit in marijuana what even smoking it vaping it in particular some what? of them edibles yeah they feel like it dilates your lungs. Uh huh. Makes your lungs take in more oxygen. Really? And it also makes you more in tune with your body. A lot of weightlifters smoke weed before they lift weights. Really? A lot of weightlifters. More and more now than ever before. I get messages from people all the time that say, dude, I, you know, I thought I was a loser. Like people would say I was a loser for smoking pot before I worked out. But yeah. I have some of my best workouts ever. I'm not talking about get so blitz where you like, you look at the curl like, how do I know how to move my arm like this? <laughs> I feel weird. <laughs> I mean, get, get just a little high. You, right. you just feel your muscles like yoga too. Like Terrence McKenna actually believed that yoga was a guide to how to use hash. He felt like hashish uh -huh. and um, and marijuana. You know, hashish is made from mar marijuana. Yeah, right? it's the that's best. yeah. Hashish is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and people, but hash sounds like you're doing heroin. Like to, to like the yeah. uneducated, uninitiated. No. It's just super strong THC, right? Yeah. But the uh, the the feeling that they would get from it is from yoga doing it that way is what inspired those moves. And he believes he that, believes that yoga yeah. started with people that were smoking hash. He believes that that's where it originated from. Like when you're high and you start stretching, it feels really good. And these people are notorious users of cannabis and hashish, and a lot of they smoke. Like he was th saying, the dirty secret among sadhus is that really what they're concentrated on is how many chillums can you smoke and still be there. And like they they like take pride. What's and a like chillum? A chillum is like a, a hit of hash. Oh, that's a, called a chillum? Yeah. What is the exact n definition of chillum? Because the only pe people I've ever heard is hash people talk about it, and I don't... See if you chillum. Can find chillum. See if I, you can uh, find that. Because I'm not a... I've only smoked hash a couple of times. I'm not ooh. like a prolific hash user. But I in other countries, there's like serious... Ha it's weird because like people get busted and they get treated when they get busted with hash like they're smuggling meth or something. You know, it sounds yeah, like it. it sounds more intense. It sounds like yeah. a different thing. But it's not a dangerous thing. This is the point. No, it's, it's not, not a at all. Thing. No, like, we, but it gets classified in those ways. Like people think of hash as like yeah. something from. Wasn't that what they got arrested for in the Midnight Express? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So he yeah. had weed. Yeah. Right. Exactly. He's in a Turkish prison for weed. Yeah. Here's this dude wow. smoking a chillum. Oh boy. Yeah, so that I don't guy see that clearly guy gets high. Class. That guy gets high <laughs> as fuck. These yeah. guys are so high, they're painting themselves up like superheroes and shit. <laughs> yeah, he, he's guy. all dreadlocked. His face looks like a ghost. So these are sadhus that are smoking chillums. Crazy so, beard. So you see the hash there in his pipe. So sadhus just get barbecued. <laughs> barbecued high. And they do yoga. Wow. And I noticed it once. It is, yeah. Um, when I, I this is before I was like doing yoga regularly, uh -huh. but uh, I had to do this show and I was particularly nervous because someone I really didn't like was in the audience, 
and really didn't um, like. Yeah, yeah, really didn't like was in the audience, and some people that were there to see me were, were in the audience. So pressure was, night. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, right. So what I did was, I smoked weed, and I I got <laughs> like really stretchy, and I started stretching out, and in my stretching, in like this like severe stretching, this is gonna sound super fucking hippie. But I, I felt a severe sense of forgiveness for this person that I don't like. And I still don't like him to this day. Yeah. I do, avoid him at all costs. Yeah. He's not a, he's not a, a healthy human. Uh-huh. But I felt a severe sense of forgiveness and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And almost like like pity. Yeah. No, that's not. That's real. That's and not a lo- and love too. This like weird love thing. Like I feel bad for the guy. Like I'm almost. I can't. I don't want him in my life because I don't want to yeah. manage it. Right. Um, I know what you mean. But there's yoga. Does when you go into yoga, you could be stressed and balled up, and you could mm-hmm. have like a work thing rattling yeah. in your head. That's and you could be pissed at somebody. When you come out, it doesn't matter. And there's a thing that seems counterintuitive. Like why would stretching? make your mind feel better like what is going and there's so there's all this rationalization right is it um endorphins that are being released is it uh, the is it just the fact that your body needed exercise but that's that's this sort of weird sort of um need to dissect things and figure out the one cause yeah the one reason right a minimalist approach or minimalizing you know yeah you want to yeah you want to understand it. You want to get right. your head around but it. It's all those things. My, it's the physical thing. It's probably the endorphins. It's the physical release of the muscles, which relaxes your body, which relaxes your mind because everything's connected. Right. And it's also the act of stretching, this intense act of stretching and holding positions. It does something for the overall way that your mind interacts with your body. Completely. The tension, the tension time, of your body affects the way your mind works. Time becomes different in yes. a class like that. It goes by super fucking slow. My those yoga. 90-minute class? My yoga teacher said, uh, she said uh, at the end of class, she said, it's um, yoga's like aspirin. You may not exactly know why it works, but you know it works. <laughs> and it's, 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 that's yoga. You, yeah. I don't know what exactly just happened during this hour, but I feel much more at peace when I walk out of there than I did coming in. Yeah, man. A hundred percent. For sure. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. It just works. So if... Uh, they talk crazy shit in yoga, though. No. This is massaging your descending colon. Mm. Uh, no, it's not. Uh-uh. You, you, you only use 7% of your brain. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's been disproven. <laughs> Stop right. saying that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, it took me a, a long time to find a yoga teacher that wasn't taking me down the, uh, the, in the weird spots and do, talking all that stuff. She's just so... Let's just do this. Here's the pose. Correct your arm. Correct that. Yeah. She doesn't get hippy dippy. One ohm and you're in. It's just awesome enough as it is. And it's not yeah. all of them that do this. You know, the place I go to, the, the, the chick who runs it, she never does that. She doesn't say crazy shit. But she's inspirational and there's a lot of people in there that are inspirational. Yeah. And all, all of their That's... weird styles. Like this one dude that teaches in my class, got all these freaky tattoos, got this weird style. Oh, yeah. You know, this other guy is like a, a boxing fan. And he <laughs> teaches a killer yoga class. Uh-huh. It's a it's now, a weird thing, man. There's mutations of it, and yeah. like you know, people start to make it into the sport and do this stuff. It's yeah, just, people get a little fired up with that, right? Yeah, no, not really into that. You know what I don't like <laughs> is the uh, the dude that takes his shirt off, the big sweaty older dude that takes his shirt off. I mean, it's ninety percent women. 
I just feel like sit in the back, calm down, don't make a scene. Just as a dude, do your thing and get out of there. Why is he? What, what do you mean he's? He's got he's a gross? big gross ponytail and he takes his shirt off. And in your like, place, dudes Wah. don't take their shirt off. Huh? Dudes keep their shirt on in your place. I keep my shirt on. See, no one in my place keeps their shirt on. No guys. No. Yeah, maybe like one out of like ten. I'm sweating so. M- I'm sweating like an animal. It's 105 degrees in there. I don't degrees. need. Why would you want a shirt on? I don't do the hot yoga. I don't do Bikram. Oh, I do straight. I do straight yoga, and I'm straight. Uh, what do you say? Should I do is gay? <laughs> I don't do your gay yoga. What's gay yoga? No, I'm so sweaty. Even doing that, the I I, I have to keep a shirt on. My mat will be soaked. Okay, bro. It's disgusting. Don't be scared. Don't be scared of a soaked mat. You're there to work out. Yeah. You're scared of sweat. No, I. You know what I'm scared <laughs> of? I'm scared of. I don't want to offend that little girl who's oh. next to me. Well, she's in yoga class, man. I know, but I just feel like, do you need me with she my half hairy back next to you? That's you being a comedian. Is he? Yeah, you're like, oh, look at me. I'm so fucking gross. <laughs> I, know, I keep just... my clothes on. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're probably thinking of material. Like, I know yeah. you find me disgusting. I find me disgusting. I want to look at myself in the mirror. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's, supposed, it's supposed to be about the act of the movements. I know. When can you do the movements most free? For you, if it's with a shirt on, wear a shirt. I feel like... At, out of out of kindness, I just keep my shirt on and keep a low profile. Do you tie a Tread. rope around the base of your dick and balls? So, well, yeah, every, okay. everybody does that. Yeah. Do you wear yoga? <laughs> do you wear yoga pants, or are you like a board shorts type of guy? No, I'm a. Uh, you have the same shorts that I run in. I dress up like a high school gym coach, <laughs> like um, a sweatpants, old school gray style. Yeah. go all the way down there. <laughs> You'd be so hot. Oh, my God. If you wear those hot sweatpants in a, in a Beakrams class, man, I should do that one day just to see if I can. Yeah. Dress like a, a wrestler. Like a real cut weight. thick, yeah. Oh, cutting weight's the worst. If you well, Those, like, thick-ass, old-school. You know who's making those again? Converse. Converse is making oh, yeah? those thick-ass, old-school, gray sweatshirts <laughs> that don't have any markings on them. Interesting. And they're really like high quality. I was like, ooh, this is like old school. Minimalist. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that look. I would do that in your Just fuck class. all your crazy colors and stripes and shit. <laughs> Gray, you're here to sweat. But why, get, why but, isn't your shirt turned color, Papa? <laughs> what huh? are you doing? If you're wearing a black shirt, no one knows if you're sweating. You I gotta su- get real close to you. I sweat like an animal. I'm sweating now. I'm in yoga class. I'm gonna be sweating like crazy. It's hard work. It is. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but get high and do it. Oh. Just try it. I will. Thank I me. don't know. I don't you'll know. You'll thank me. All right, I'm going to try it. Or you'll yell at me, depending on how much <sighs> pot you smoke. Joe, I started, and I started, my heart was racing. <sighs> I started thinking I was having a heart attack. You know what you need? And then you I need some of the spray. Do we got the spray here, Jamie? Young Jamie? I think you gave it to Oh, I did? Yeah, I gave There's it to Shaw. probably some here, but I That's think you right. gave Well, I'll get some more of it. Jamie, I was going to bring you bread today, because I made this mm, olive sweetie. walnut mm. bread. And then uh, I forgot. <laughs> Do you ever make spicy bread? Like no. With, like uh, crushed red pepper or anything in it? No. Is that what you like? I've had a pretty good like cheddar crushed red pepper. There's a couple good bread places in Ohio where I'm from. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All right. You know what I'll I miss? explore that. Uh, a good pie place that makes a good pot pie. 
A pot pie? You don't you don't see a lot of pot pies anymore. Yeah. You know that kind? There's that a place in Burbank that does it. Flaky outer crust and oh. the cubes of chicken with that sort of yellow broth with the, the carrots and it, the celery yeah. in there. And it's, like, woo! It's like Thanksgiving in a cup. And peas. Oh, little peas so in there. Good. God damn a pot pie. I'm spacing on the name, but there's a place oh, in Burbank that, that does it. Five pot pies to die for. Oh, a man. A pot pie is a damn delicious meal. It really is. It makes you so warm inside. Oh, it's like the ultimate comfort food. It really is. It might be, right? But you, that and a really good uh, meatloaf with mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh, my God. It's tough to fuck with that, too. Oh, that's nice. That's a slightly different dough. P- both of it's those. A little flaky. Oh, more butter in that dough. It's Dough the, extra. When you make the dough for a pot pie, you're using like a whole stick of butter. That's what it's I'm just, talking about. Oh. That's why it's so goddamn good. So good. It's so oh, good. it's so good. I wish they could make cows, like engineer cows, <laughs> if they they get to this uh, CRISPR <laughs> thing, you yeah. know? Just please make some cows that don't have a head. <laughs> Just make some cow, and the top of its neck is a computer, so we don't have to think about cruelty. Yeah. Like, there's no consciousness whatsoever. And just make me a... Uh, yeah. A nice butter. A and nice <laughs> grass-fed butter yeah. with this headless cow. Just <laughs> it would be so much nicer. Open up its neck and just pump uh, grass down there. Yeah. Just grind the grass up and then push it in with like a fireplace bellows. <laughs> and you push it in a, a neck hole. You get the butter out the other yeah. end. So it has it no brain. so nice. No suffering. How about it don't even have it shaped like a cow? If you're tripping on that. Yeah. Yeah. How about a ball of meat that gives you butter? It's coming. I bet you it's coming. Just a giant bag of tits. <laughs> That's all you need is like the udder. The computers take care of all the other stuff. Yeah. Right? Just a just a just a, a warehouse filled with tits on a rack. Yeah, just like they they engineer a a, a frame of bones that's shaped like a basket. <laughs> And in that basket is like an inner crust. It's like a pot pie. The yeah. inner crust of meat, <laughs> which is the, the crust of the pot pie. And then the inside is all tit. That'd be so delightful. And it's just no squishing guilt. milk out of that fucker all <laughs> yeah. day long. And it's phenomenal. And it just it just exists on a substrate of ground up grass. So you have ground up grass all around the meat outer shell. Sort of like the aluminum on a pot pie. You know, you have that aluminum foil around the edge. Yeah, it'd be delightful. If somebody gives you a pot pie without the aluminum aluminum foil around the edge they can go fuck themselves oh my god what are what the are animals doing, you monster oh, good lord where did you even, grow up i can't even dig my fork underneath oh. it and scoop out the dry underside oh. with the gravy on top oh that little treat Ooh. at the end this is the base the base oh, crust yes. the base oh, is a moist crust god. it's the moistest crust right the, the best and then you have a little bit of the top crust too the crunchy the outside the, the ring let's get out of here <laughs> Now Let's you need to a... get a room and just order pot pies. <laughs> and one of those rooms with that giant bidet with the three hoses. <laughs> Party! We're going to need it after this pot pie. All those fucking carbs hit us. <laughs> when are we going to Musso and Frank's? Oh, yeah, we got to keep that. talking about know, it. We do keep doing that. We should do that before uh, set at the store one night. Yeah, let's do that. That's the move. Like, gentlemen. Yeah. Should we wear suits? Yes. 100%. <laughs> okay. Can I have the lighter, please? Yeah, I have a, I have a suit now. You do? Yeah, I get a suit for a school function for my kid. Oh, really? <laughs> what do you mean? What kind well, of I always function? Have one, I always have one um, that I uh, wear for the UFC. Right. Yeah, but the UFC one stays at the UFC so that I don't have to do anything. I oh, take smart. care of it. I just go there. That's smart. Sweet gig. I like a nice suit. You just look good. Do you wear a pocket square? Yeah, always look good. 
No, when Good I hosted this TV show, I did. Yeah, you it was always to. a pocket square. They made you. <laughs> yeah, they made me. They forced that useless piece of cloth right there. It was a funny. And, you uh, never know when you need a tourniquet. <laughs> it was a little pocket square, and uh, Madonna came in to do the show, and uh, the whole building was like electric. It was like Madonna's coming, and it really was like energy. Like you could feel energy in the building because Madonna was walking in. Did you call her Madonna? So I came in, yeah, and I was like, I got to go meet her before the show or I'm going to be too freaked out. So I just walked into the dressing room and I'm like, hi, Madonna, I'm, I'm Tom. She's like, nice to see you. And she walks up and she goes, this has got to go. And she took the pocket square <laughs> out and tossed it. <laughs> you know why? I was like, that's it, I'm not wearing because it. Because Guy Ritchie, her ex-husband, is a proponent of the pocket square. Guy Ritchie was on real? Our, my podcast uh -huh. talking about the importance of the suit and having no. a pocket square. That's yes. hilarious. Because yeah. she immediately, I just met her two seconds, she whipped uh, it out of my, and tossed uh, it. There there she was. It's a look at a young Tom Papa. Look yeah, at look you, at you that. You slim-faced son of a bitch. Yeah, look at that. Mr. I'll steal your girl. Look at you. <laughs> With your fucking Do I look a lot different now? Barber shop How different tie. do I look from that shop? You want to be honest or what? Yes. Am I too doughy? You gained a couple pounds. You're, you're making delicious bread. I am. Did uh, Ricky Gervais laugh hard at everything? Uh-huh. That's his move. That's his move. <laughs> Seems like a jolly fella. Especially when Jerry said it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good move. Yeah. I always make Jerry, <laughs> Jerry think, ah, say it louder. <laughs> <laughs> Something about English people, right? When Guy Ritchie was describing with his English accent the suit, I was all in. I was like, yeah. God damn it. I, where I stopped, though, was at the pocket square. I'm like... I'm you not wearing a tie good. either, motherfucker. I'm not wearing a tie. That was the other thing. He was talking about ties. I'm like, dude. No tie. Kill somebody with a tie. Grab a hold of somebody with a tie, you can kill them. You're, you're, you're broad. You've got broad shoulders. It's like you skinny guys, skinny English dudes with a tie. It's a different thing. Well, the tie if, problem with me is that some people have choked me too many times. <laughs> so you have you feel like yeah. someone's getting... It's like that Hedberg joke. I've been choked hundreds of times, like literally. Yeah. Like, the average person has been choked, like the average person in the street. If they get choked once or twice in their life, yeah. like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and the journey from white belt to black belt, I was choked for sure hundreds of times. Oh my God. I have no idea how many. Really? Like if I had, you had asked me how many times I have to tap out because someone was choking me, I'd be like, shit. Hundreds. <laughs> Hundreds of times. For sure. It has to be, especially in the early days. Oh God damn it, I got choked all the time. Really? All the time. <laughs> That's not pleasant. I'd get choked five, six times by one guy. Oh, God. Before I moved to the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So I'm not wearing a fucking tie. <laughs> no. Not doing no, no, that no, top no, no, button. No, 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 no. I remember how that works. I'm choking myself now. If someone now. grabs you, if you had to do jujitsu with a tie, that's all anybody would go for. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah, for real. Of course. If everybody had to wear a tie. So yeah. if you do jujitsu, and instead of wearing a belt, everybody has to wear a tie. Or you can take the belt and wrap it around the dude's neck. Say if you started with your black belt tied around your neck. Like, <laughs> right. Nobody yeah. would go for anything other than the belt. Yeah, All you have to do is get a hand under that belt, grab it, and twist, and you're out cold. <laughs> All I have to do is secure... Uh, secure some part of your body where I can keep you from moving. Uh -huh. Like in maybe like a side mount or a uh, crucifix position where I have trap an arm and I trap the <laughs> other arm with my neck and I'm going to choke the shit out of you. This you isn't happening at your daughter's school function. No. <laughs> but I think sh it should. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you could grab someone's belt and knock them? If, no, no. If, if someone had a belt around their neck, like jujitsu guys, right. I'm saying jujitsu guys are rolling around. The ultimate goal would be to get the belt around the guy's neck. Mm-hmm. 
Like, if you could do that, right. that would be the number one thing to do. <laughs> right. And if you already had it, like, knotted around your neck, like, that was how you started, yeah. the way you knot around your waist. <laughs> right. Keep, people would kill each other. <laughs> they would immediately, they'd immediately grab that rope around your neck and choke yeah. you with it. That'd be the ultimate goal. Forget footlocks. Fuck your footlock. Like, that, You've done the, all the work for me. Yeah, I'm going to grab that rope around your neck and put you to sleep. <laughs> this is crazy. Because all you'd have to do is twist it. You could tw- I, like, I, I had to choke my dog out once that way. Really? My dog was attacking a cat. And I got my hand inside his collar and I put him to sleep. Really? Yeah. He just grabbed, I grabbed his collar and I twisted it down and cranked it. I did jujitsu on my dog. Put him right out. <laughs> it knocked him out? Instantly. Really? Instantly. Yeah, just like it does a person. Holy Because he cow. wasn't resisting. He didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So he... I got it in there, grabbed a hold of where the buckle is, and I just crank. <laughs> I stepped over him and cranked on it. He just went limp. Wow. Like that, instantly. And the cat took off. I want to try that. Dude, it works. <laughs> that's Shouldn't crazy. do it to dogs, but <laughs> I mean, but that's a person too. It's a, yeah. the idea is the arteries around your neck that feed your brain. You shut those off like a garden hose, right? Bink, like you you fold a garden hose and then the water stops flowing. That's what happens to your brain, right? And then you go out. Oof. That's why it's not nearly as dangerous as a knockout, right? Like people, because it's just flow. Yeah, people get confused about that. Like they think that a concussion and being choked out is the same thing. Still giving you brain damage, bro. It's not. It's not right. giving you brain damage. It happens to people in class. They go right back to rolling. They don't have no ill effects at all. Really? Yeah, you, you just, just go to sleep. Right back to it. You wake up and you're like, "What happened?" Yeah. Like you don't even realize it. Like, "What happened?" You're like, "Oh shit, did I get choked out?" And everybody starts laughing. Right. Like if that happens in jujitsu class, people, as long as you're fine, people will start laughing because it happens to everybody. <laughs> really? Yeah, for sure. If you don't tap, <laughs> yeah, you go to sleep. Everybody does. <laughs> this sounds fun. It is fun, honestly. Yeah. Until a girl does it to you. <laughs> Super humiliating, right? When's the last time you were choked out? Uh, by a girl or a guy? By anybody. Uh, John Jock Machado tapped me like a few months back. Oh, yeah? But he always can. Yeah. I don't think it was a choke. I think it was an arm bar. When you roll with someone who's really good, you're going to get caught. Yeah. Just no no way around it. <laughs> right. When a girl does it to you. Duncan was taking some classes. A chick kept choking him out. <laughs> it's like Duncan. Duncan. We've got to work on this. <laughs> some people just don't get into it, you know? But for people who don't get into it, I get it. Just get into something else that's hard yeah. to do. Just get into something that's hard to do. Would you get high into jujitsu? Oh yeah, everybody does. Oh really? Super popular. Even that? Oh yeah, super popular. It makes you better. Really? A hundred percent. Why? Because you're more conscious more of what you're doing. More tuned into your doing. body. More focused on what you're doing. It, it 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 provides a type of focus, and it, you don't. It doesn't seem. See, here's the thing. The type of consciousness that you have when you are rolling with person, a person in jiu-jitsu, when someone's trying to get you and you're trying to defend yourself, mm-hmm. that type of feeling that you get is very different than any feeling that you get in most of life other than an actual conflict with right. a person, which is pretty rare. Luckily, we have a nice society, right? Yeah. If you're living in a nice neighborhood. Right. <laughs> but that feeling, for whatever reason, lends itself very well to getting high. Because when you get high, you get into this sort of like not me state, like an ego dropped off state. Uh-huh. You know, that's one of the reasons why people get so vulnerable. They feel vulnerable because they feel it's like they don't they don't have that ego anymore. It's a very right. ego diminishing substance. It's like a almost like a medicine for diminishing the ego. Uh-huh. Obviously, the effects are different on different people. Sure. But that on top of the focus aspect of it makes it really uh, attractive to people who do jujitsu mm-hmm. because you can let go of the bullshit. You're not all tense. Right. And then you could focus on what you're actually trying to do. And right. your ego doesn't get in the way. You see things better. 
you think you feel things better. You're more cognizant of how your body works. Right. And some people say that that's a, a cop out, and that really you should just get more comfortable with your body. Period. And they're probably right. Uh, is I there mean, any? There's probably something to that too. But is there any element like when you get high where you're just like, it's all cool. It doesn't matter. Because you need you need an edge to go fight. You know, right? Jiu-jitsu is Does not it do any? fighting because um, you're not hitting each other. Right. And I mean, I so think it's of, more of a. I mean, a boxing match is obviously a fight. Right. But it's not in the new definition. In the new definition, it, a fight is a mixed martial arts fight where you're. And even then, there's rules that are applied. Right. Right. So like, there's no eye gouging. There's no ball kicks. There's no hitting to the back of the head. Right. You can't elbow someone in the back of the head, which is, in a way, healthier for the athletes involved, mm -hmm. but in another way, more delusional because it removes a very dangerous... Like, Eddie Bravo is always talking about that, that when guys used to take guys' backs in the early days, what they would do instantly is elbow to the back of the head. Like, right. it didn't matter if you defend the choke or not. If someone starts smashing the back of your head, you're fucked. It's right. a terrible position to be in. Yeah. That that is removed from MMA. So because that's removed from MMA, you almost have to look at an MMA fight, which is absolutely a fight, as yeah. in a way kind of a match, a mixed martial arts match, uh -huh. because the rules are so rigid. Right. Much more loose than boxing, but still rigid. Right. So you got a jujitsu match for sure. Not really a fight. Yeah. Because you okay. can't get leg kicked. You can't get elbowed in the face. You're not going to get kneed into a coma. Right. It's a totally different experience than a fight. And it's almost disrespectful uh -huh. in some ways to call a jujitsu match a fight. Right. But other people like to refer to it as fights. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. If you don't know and you're just looking at it from the outside. Boxing match is more like a fight. Right. Right, because you're hitting each other in this grave danger, and yeah. you're really trying to kill each other. Right. I mean, you're smashing each other, right? Not trying to kill, but yeah. you are using your your f explosive force on a person, trying to take them out, and it's a very dangerous encounter with severe consequences for your brain. Right. Yeah. That's a fight. Yeah. A lot, of, but it's a fight with very limited rules. Yeah. Because like a Muay Thai fighter, a really good Muay Thai fighter, would kill most really good boxers if the boxer didn't know what was going on. Right. Because a really good Muay Thai fighter, it's going to be very hard to hit him to get that close to him, and he's going to start kicking your legs immediately. What's Muay Thai? It's Thai boxing. Okay. Because they have more weapons. They have right. legs. They kick the legs a lot. Yeah. And they'll push you away with their front kick. There's like so much stuff that you're not going to be able to do. Right. A boxer would be way better with his hands, but a Muay Thai fighter is usually pretty good with their hands already, especially good enough to land a shitload of kicks on you and keep you from getting in range. And if you did get in range, they clinch you and they knee you in the body and they elbow you in the head. It's a way more complete striking system than regular boxing. Right. Do you feel like there's too many rules? Like, do you feel like it should be just opened up in MMA? Like, yes and make and it no. real? Yes and no, because I like, I like specialists. Like, I love that Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight because yeah. it was a real specialist. You got to see, like, a really elite, high-level striker from MMA become almost helpless yeah. against a world champion, probably the best ever boxer. Right. You get to see. Yeah. This is what what happens when a specialist fights someone who's really good at something. Yeah. Like me, um, if I wanted to uh, roll against someone who's like a real high level jujitsu black belt, I would get I would get killed. Right. right? But if you got a really good jujitsu black belt from the UFC, mm -hmm. they would kill me. But a really good jiu-jitsu black belt from the UFC might get killed by a really good jiu-jitsu world champion. Uh -huh. It's like there's all these levels and levels. And the only way you achieve those levels is a true specialist. Mm -hmm. Like a true specialist, is, is a, it's at such a different level. Like if you watch 
you know who Sanchai is? You ever heard of Sanchai from no. Thailand? He's probably one of the greatest ever combat sports athletes ever. And he fights every couple of weeks. I follow Jeez. him on Instagram. He's yeah. 36 years old. He's He fights people way smaller than him all the time. And th although he knocks a lot of people out, right. most of his fights are won by him just doing shit to the opponent that they just can't deal with. He just kicks the shit out of them. <laughs> he hits them when they're not looking. Right. I mean, they don't know what he's doing. He's so clever and fast. Right. I mean, he's just a wizard, a technical wizard inside Jeez. the ring. And when you watch him, you realize, like, oh, well, there's levels even to this thing. Right. Like, this guy is such a specialist. Yeah. That anybody outside of that, like, if Floyd Mayweather wanted to fight Sanchai, right. and he let Sanchai kick him, it would be one of the most lopsided fights you've <laughs> right. ever seen. It would be horrific to watch. Watching a world-class boxer just getting exposed. Just what legs if, kicked out from under him, kicked in the face, legs kicked out <laughs> yeah, from under him, no knee way. in the face, elbowed in the head. Well, don't you think McGregor... If he was allowed to do his thing, oh, for sure, right, for sure. Yeah. But meanwhile, Sanchai could probably do that to McGregor, right? There's, there's levels and levels. Yeah. What when McGregor in, encountered with Floyd Mayweather, he would encounter in Thai boxing, right? With like a, a fantastic one of the greatest ever, in a guy like Sanchai. So it sounds like the rules actually make it more interesting. They do because you have to become right. Yeah. So the only way you find out who the really best jujitsu guys is, yeah, you have to have them only compete in jujitsu. Right. Because with striking, there's all this other stuff involved. You hurt people with punches and knees. But when you want to look at a complete system, yeah. like a complete system, mixed martial arts is as close as it comes without the elbows to the head uh -huh. and the kicks when the down to, to the head on a down fighter and the stomps and the knees to the head on a down fighter. Right. And then the really dirty shit like eyeball pokes and right. the balls. Just gonna, like that. Yeah. So it's, it's always going to be a match. Right. right. You can't bite someone's nose off. It's always going to be a match. Right. Right. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, like a fight. Yeah, there's got to be like some animals. limit. Yeah. 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 But you still call it a fight. Right. So how how many hills do I have to run to get back no. into my old shape? <laughs> well, I think it's this whole fucking goddamn delicious bread you're making. That's an issue. <laughs> it's a lot it's of so fun. good. It's so good. That's the problem. I, you know what happened? I uh, I visited this uh, woman in Ojai who's a really good baker. It's Kate's oh, Breads. She's just bakers. A, yeah, she's amazing. Mm. And uh, I saw what flour she had. I'm like, oh, that's I got to get that flour. That's I got to get this flour. So I looked up online where she gets the flour. It comes from Utah. Whoa. And you can the smallest you can get is a 50-pound bag. So I have two 50-pound bags of wheat and artisan all-purpose flour in my, in my kitchen. And I'm like, I was thinking, like, if you were to eat 50 pounds of flour, you would be uh, a big fat so. Dude. But the flour makes such a difference. Mm. A huge difference. You know what I discovered recently? What? Is a double zero wheat pasta from Italy. Double zero. Something? Yeah, yeah. You do know. Yeah. I've seen most folks don't. Yeah. Now, double zero is what you use for pizza dough. Ooh. Yeah. The good stuff, right? Good stuff. And uh, I also found out about heirloom wheat. Heirloom wheat. Yeah. That most of what we're getting here in the United States of good old America yep. is uh, wheat that has been. People love that term GMO, right? It uh -huh. scares the shit out of people. I don't, I don't eat GMOs. Right. Super organic. Yeah. Good. All good thoughts. But the reality is, most of the wheat we have, according to you know Maynard Keenan from Tool, mm -hmm. the singer, lead yeah, singer, the singer, he also owns uh, this great vineyard. Uh, he owns right, a winery right, yeah. and a restaurant. Oh yeah. So he's explaining to me. 
he explained it on the podcast right. about uh, the differences between the wheat we have today mm-hmm. and the original wheat. Yeah. Like the wheat we have today has much more complex glutens in it, and it's a larger yield for the same area. Right. So when they would grow the old wheat, they, they didn't make as much of it, but it was easier for a person to digest. Right. So yeah. that's what it is. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a huge, there's so many of these uh, little farmers, and littles, you know, some are pretty big for being little, but compared to what these giant things are, that really concentrate on growing the wheat the way that it used to be grown. Yeah, you and have then to have mill the it the way it was seeds though, and right? The, yeah. And it's it makes such a difference. Like just I was like, how big of a difference can it be and just in making the bread that I'm making? Huge. I would imagine, right? It tastes like like It's alive. Natural. Yeah. It's earthy. It's Ooh. deep. It's like it's really good. Earthy. Earthy's good. Unless now it made a big difference, but now I got to figure out how I'm going to store 50 pounds of 100 pounds of flour. You probably have to do it in a controlled environment, no? I got to. Does it go bad? Uh, you got to just put it in like barrels. Does it have to be dry and airtight or something? Yeah, like that? yeah. But it's good for a long time when you do it that way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm still learning and cranking out a lot and giving it away and stuff, and so I'm going through a lot and won't sit forever. The way it's been described to me, the difference is between the difference uh, of like uh, a tomato that you get in a grocery store today, even a good one, yeah. in comparison to an heirloom tomato. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, that those tomatoes that we have today, like Neil deGrasse Tyson did a speech about this where someone was asking him, not a speech, but an answer to a question. I think it might have been in one of those talks that he does, those mm-hmm. town hall talks. Yeah. And uh, someone was asking him about uh, GMOs, and he said, virtually everything that we eat has been modified. Yeah. Everything from the oranges to the corn. Like you wouldn't go want to go back to the original corn. Uh-huh. It wouldn't taste good. There wouldn't be a lot of yield to it. Mm-hmm. But then the real problem is the corn that we have today, not that easy for us to digest. Right. And not that good to eat a lot of it. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's all like how much of it do you use? Yeah. But when you do eat a tomato, like an heirloom tomato that you get at a farmer's market that this guy grew in this tiny yeah. little farm and just happens to have them that week. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. But I don't think that's the same with corn. No. I think that golden sweet corn that we have today that tastes like candy. Yeah. That's the best shit that's ever existed. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't, you know, you put butter on that. Yeah. You wrap it in aluminum foil, put it on the grill. <laughs> Shut oh, the fuck my up God. with your bullshit ass original pine cone looking corn. <laughs> Your hard ass corn. That stupid corn. They, no. they would hang on. People would hang that stupid corn on their door on Thanksgiving. Remember that? Yeah, what the, the Indian fuck corn. Fuck is up with that unedible <laughs> bullshit ass multiracial corn? <laughs> Scaring children away at Halloween. Yeah, it's like a it's, a, it's a weird colored and yeah. it's like what are you? I don't know, man. I'm all kinds of shit. Yeah, just just try and eat me if you can. That was the original corn, but it wasn't even that. That's like well, that's, exaggerated. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the corn people put. Wait, what is that? That's, Why you got corn all over your that's house? Spooky corn. <laughs> that's children of the corn, corn. Yeah, that's some spooky corn right there. Have you ever seen the original corn? See if you can find original corn plant images. Oh, Maze. and I still want to know how much tobacco rollers get paid. I couldn't find much. The only thing I found was an article about a guy that just started a business, and it said somewhere in there that. Uh, as cheap as they could be made was like 30 cents a piece, and it was expensive as $5 a piece hmm. for the cigar itself. It didn't say that included uh, the, a well or a highly skilled wrapper to do it. So, oh, I don't know, that might be being paid per 
per cigar they like roll? A, 50 cents per if they're doing like a bunch in a row, you know. And it didn't say exactly. Hmm. Whoever rolled this did a great job. They did a fantastic job. It's easy draw. Easy draw. It's lasting a nice long time. It's a time. great podcast if you're into cigars where um, Ari Shafir sat down with Robert Kelly. They smoke cigars. And Bobby, oh, yeah. Bobby Kelly's a... Is that what it really looked like? Bobby Kelly is a crazy fucking He's cigar gone smoker. He's crazy with the that. cigars. Look at the original corn looked like. Like bullshit. What? Yeah. That's the original corn. See the size of a quarter? And yeah. then look at the quarter with that. Wow, that's crazy. The original corn versus the new corn. Uh, wow, that's Barely wild. recognizable. Wild. And that shit was all done through like splicing, right? Right. That was natural. Look at the fucking corn. Look at what corn used to look like. That's weird. It looks like it looks like the root that came out of your toilet. <laughs> Too small. Yeah. The big modern corn looks like the root. <laughs> That's crazy, right? I mean, corn used to be this tiny little low yield product. Whoa, that's jelly bean corn. <laughs> that's amazing. Glass gem corn. Glass gem corn. I'll bet that tastes like shit. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> that can't be good. No. Do you, you, otherwise, people would eat it, right? Yeah. You ever get uh, cotton candy what is grapes? That? What is that, Jamie? Black waxy corn. What? <laughs> Black waxy corn. Wow, that looks amazing. That looks pretty good. That looks like licorice. Like you would bite into it, it would that taste like That looks cool. I would eat that. I would eat that too. I would think that like if you went over a clever person's house, they would serve you that black corn. You'd be like, ooh, this <laughs> made this experience even better. Where do those purple potatoes come from? Peru, right? And that's probably the same area as this, I think. Is it? Peruvian purple potatoes in that. Ooh, look at that one. That's crazy. That looks like, you know, the alien from the Geiger. It's, it's, it's dick. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to that. Tell me this looking at dick. The tongue comes out and it fucks you at the same time. It jabs you in the head with that, and then it, it shoots the baby into your body. Do that thing. You just, then you're just sitting there eating dinner spore, like nothing's wrong. Spore grows out of your dead body. I can't believe that uh, that the corn didn't... I think between the original corn being that, that weird knobby thing and the corn that we have year-round, I think there's probably an era in there where the corn tasted better. Right, like the life of the taiga. Yeah. That's the, the evolution of human beings to technological superiority where we're at uh -huh. today. You got to meet it halfway. That's the sweet spot. Yeah, the sweet spot. It it, there's around. no stopping it. There's no stopping it. We're moving forward. There's no stopping it. But maybe this spot is not the sweet spot. Just like living in a cave wasn't the fucking sweet spot, right? It was just a sweet spot for the time. Yeah. Right? Like, no, you, you don't want to go live on the taiga. No. Tom Popper. I you can't. Don't. You can't. No, I'd be oh. exhausted. How are you going to bake your bread? How am I going to bake my bread? Where are you exactly. going to get your flour? Are you going to have to grow it? Oh, my God. You got to mill your own bread? Do you imagine if you had to grow your own fucking wheat to make your bread? Yeah. We, <sighs> I would never make bread. Would you, though? Maybe. I probably would. Maybe I'll plant the seed right now. Maybe you're going to leave here. You're going to be driving home in your electric car, and you're going to be thinking, hey, why the fuck all this comedy bullshit? What I need yeah. to do is get a big piece of land and start growing my own wheat and then chopping it down and making my own bread and have Tom Papa's Bread Restaurant. I have given this a lot of thought. <laughs> I have. There have is something. Really? There's something so... Not about throwing it all away, but there's something about... Uh, going bigger and deeper into it it's kind of just draws you in i'm not even making decisions there's just like oh now i'm getting bigger things of right. of, of flour and right. it just yeah there's something um very uh all-consuming about it yeah it's good 
You know, whenever you get something that gets that it's rewarding, and I like that it's small. I like that it's there's no bullshit around it. There's no yeah. phone calls to be made. I, it's just all on my own terms. But does it's that, in my control. Does that appeal to you as an overall life, or does it appeal to you as a vacation from the current life that you enjoy? which is very hectic and kind of stressful, writing mm -hmm. material, performing, traveling. You know what? It, it, I feel like, uh, I don't know, it's an interesting question. I do feel like the process of making it and, and doing it is, uh, it matches up with writing mm. really well. When I'm, when I'm at home and I'm writing a lot, and in between taking breaks and going and tending to the bread and then coming back to the writing, oh, that nice. back and forth, is very satisfying nice it is the best that's nice yeah yeah i've often thought writing in some ways releases you from the stress that a lot of people find of performing they're just writing yeah i heard norm mcdonald say that on his uh on his show that he you know? he just wants to write books he just wants to I've write heard books. that before i've heard that before where people just want to go internal and stop being i know but i former i feel like uh I couldn't do that 100%. I really love it. I have this... My book's going to come out next year. No, oh, it's a plug. I uh, see what you did. No, Son of a you bitch. You can't even buy it yet. But it is coming out soon. You planting seeds. Uh, planting Plant, seeds. Planting seeds for people to buy the book. I see what you're doing. Yeah. It's not yet. It's not, not yet. like I'm plugging my gig at Comics at Mohegan Sun or anything. Whoa, you're there? And, and when is that? It's coming up next week. Oh, interesting. <laughs> no, I, I feel like... I, when I was writing the book, I got very deep into it, and I love coming in with my coffee in the morning and going to work for hours just in there tinkering with it, playing with it. It was very satisfying. Makes sense. But after, after several days of not being on stage... Start getting itchy. You get itchy. Yeah. It's not who I am. Do, do you think that it's that you've experienced these jolts of fun that you get from stand-up mm -hmm. and that you become addicted to these jolts of fun and then seeing the happiness in people's faces when they're laughing. Yeah, that relating to yeah. people. That isolation of writing is okay, but until I can take that idea out, yeah. share it with other human beings, yeah. that's what uh, I'm built for. Yeah. Well, you've designed yourself that way. Mm -hmm. Sort of like... Look at the human race. We've we've you know grown to this place where if you made people like, were you here during the heat wave? Yeah, got yeah. Weird, right? Yeah, it was intense. It got intense. It was a little spooky. It was. Yeah, because like really, people were on edge. Yeah, well, I was quietly waiting, on edge, waiting for the AC to go. Right, if the AC goes, then how right. are we going to deal with this? Yeah, because this is not. You, I mean, you have to just get in the shower all day. Yeah, no, it's you intense. Know, when it's like 110, yeah, you, you can stay in the shade and you'll stay reasonably cool. Mm -hmm. But it's it's way hotter than you want it to be. Yes, you're not sleeping right. No, no, you're sweating like a pig. Yeah, like the people in Florida right now. There's a lot of people that don't have power. Yeah, and it's humid. Hot as fuck. Yeah, fans blowing. No, it's not you know good. That feeling where you're like, oh, uh, I've always thought. No disrespect, people from Florida. But that's one of the reasons why people think of people that live in the South as being dull. Because I think can't. for the longest time, before they invented air conditioning, they those fucking people didn't have time to think deep. <laughs> right, and or move, were, or move quickly. You're not going to think your best thoughts when you're fucking sweating like a pig and you're exhausted all the time? <laughs> yeah. Why getting the power back on in Florida could take weeks. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oy. Fuck that. Oy.
That's rough. It is rough. Weeks. Why'd you bring up the, why'd you bring up the, uh, whether I was here during the heat wave? Because it was so evident to me during that time that we really can't even exist in this environment without the way we do and enjoy the way we live without the modern conveniences of the electrical grid and Mm -hmm. air conditioning units and the delivery of food and all this shit that we just get like super accustomed to. So like we think now of life without that stuff as being like impossible. But at one point in time we were adapted. Mm -hmm. One point in time life without that, like those fucking people that live in the taiga, the worst it gets for them is it gets crazy cold, they bundle up and they go inside and they burn wood. They have like a whole system built in yeah. to survive that environment. For us, that would be unthinkable. Yeah. Like no. your house doesn't have central AC. Right. You don't have heat? You don't have a thermostat? Wait a minute. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. So you walk in your house, that thing doesn't glow on the wall and yeah. show you the temperature? Like you walk by it? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not programmed where it knows I'm home. Yeah. A friend of mine's house, <laughs> you walk uh, towards his thermostat and it lights up. It senses you. It senses you're there. Right. You're yeah. Like, hey. Yeah. It shows you the temperature. Like it's off and like you'll step away and it'll dim up and then you stand right in front of it and it lights <laughs> yeah. up and you're like, this is freaky. Yeah. It's pretty nice. These people don't have that, man. They have windows they shut. Yeah. They fire. Fire keeps the heat in. Yeah, and like I bundle up. No, nah, I couldn't. Move like Put that. animal skins on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what people do. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, yeah, I'm not. No. So we've adapted for sure to this. You and I have adapted to this. The question is, who's happier? What's it better? Is it better? I'm, to I'm pretty happy when I walk in after after that heat wave, and I would walk into my house. <sighs> oh, you take your shoes off and you yeah. put that bare feet on that cold tile. I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Pr- happier than the tiger guy. Yeah, watch TV, <laughs> all these hurricanes brewing in the Gulf. Like, Jesus. Yeah, but I found that uh, that writing is very, uh, and I, as I was writing, I was reading a lot of writers and stuff, and it's very isolating. Like the more you write, the more you are shutting out the world. The mm. more you are, you. It's a hermit's life. It is. It really is. In a way, it's not a. Uh, you are very much within your own head and eating up a lot of time just being by yourself. Yeah. It's, uh, it can be rewarding for sure, but it's, uh, if you were to write all the time like that, it's pretty isolating. Well, it's also, in a lot of ways, almost like a mental marathon. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're on this one thing for a long time. Yeah, yeah. You're sitting there staring at this thing and you're writing and you're thinking about it and you're yeah. focusing on it and then you're going back at it and you're thinking about it and you're focusing on it. Yeah. And it becomes like a part of your daily thoughts even when you're not doing it sometimes. What was really un- um, remarkable was, you know, when you're writing your stand-up, you know, it's like in blocks. It's like, you know, Chunks. chunks. And I was thinking, how am I going to keep track of like a whole book? Ooh. But your subconscious really does. Like, I know exactly where things are. I I would glide through it and know. I think I have to change this part and see on my notes. Yes, indeed, that is where I was going to change it. Mm. It is your your brain starts to take in all that information and treat it like chunks. Mm. You know what I mean? It's no different, really, than writing your stand up. Do you? Um do do you take notes like chapter chapter notes like you have like a notebook that you have sitting on the side and you like say chapter one all here's all the things that I like or don't like or not that specifically but if there's something that I can't wrestle to the ground and I'm like I got to fix that ending I'll just write on the side pad page thirty five ending oh, mm, you know okay. and then keep going and you writing like does what's the what's the subject of the book 
It's uh, uh, funny essays about family life. Okay, so it's all just different... Different chapters about everybody in your family, your parents, your kids, Mm. your uncles, cousins, everything that makes up family. Mm. Uh, So it's all these little... They're, you know, it's like 300 pages, and each one is probably four pages, five pages. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. How long have you been working on it? Um, A little over a year. Ooh. Yeah. Damn. And it's like this week it goes back and I don't get it back. Ooh, this is it? Yeah, this How is it. How does that feel? Great. Yeah? Yeah. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Got it? Not like sick of it. No, but yeah. But you pretty like... proud of parts of it. But every time you look at it, you're like, ooh, how did I let that go? This is terrible. <laughs> this is so corny. How did I let that joke in? You know, but. Uh, Do you find that sometimes you have an idea that you're not getting out totally, but you leave it as is as a placeholder and you review it later? Yeah. Like maybe you feel like there's something in this idea, but whatever I have right now is shit. Yeah. But maybe there's something, if I just like leave it there like that, maybe I'll come at it from a different angle. But at least then I know to think about this one subject that I thought had some promise. Yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I really feel like it's kind of taught me how much your subconscious goes to work on it without you being conscious. Yeah. Like you don't realize that your brain is actually going... It's going to work on this. When you shut out, shut the computer and walk mm-hmm. away, and you think that's it, Mm-mm. your brain is still going at it without you even being aware that it's happening. You ever read Stephen King on writing? His yeah. Book on writing? It's a yeah. great book. It's a great book. You know, one, of things, one of the things I thought was the most shocking was that he doesn't really like have a, like a whole outline of his stories before yeah. he starts writing them. It's crazy. He just has an idea. And just go. Yeah. Which is brilliant. It's you, fucking amazing. You got to trust yourself. You just got to, you've got to, I mean, he's a brilliant mind, but. You know, when I was a kid, his books were thought of as like fluff. Mm-hmm. But if you read Stephen King, you weren't really reading. He's, yeah, well, that Isn't happens that when you're really popular. It was a little bit of that. Right. Um, but it was also that, oh, you're just reading monster stories. It's so stupid. You know, like, you should be reading about depressed heroin users. Then you'd be like, <laughs> right, exactly. deep. Yeah, middle age crisis in Europe, yeah. you know. Hey, man, this is Alphabet City in the <laughs> 1960s. These people were doing smack. Yeah. They were listening to Lou Reed and punching each other. That guy, I mean, how you, you ever go to a bookstore and look at the Stephen King section in a bookstore? It's, it's a whole set. It's a whole yeah. part of the store. This guy just cranks it out. Yeah amazing there's definitely errors though there's like you know what i feel like i feel like there's drugs and no drug stephen king uh-huh and drug stephen king is the shining carrie cujo dead zone dead zone all the crazy shit yeah all the like dark weird twisted no inhibition whatsoever yeah shit and then He's like more content now and probably a healthier person. Uh huh. The, the stories aren't quite as fucked up as it. <laughs> yeah. It was fucked up. But there's that one, Mr. Mercedes, that newer one of the newer really ones. Good. Oh, he's still got it in him for sure. Dark. Oh, for sure. Dark. Well, it's not just dark. Like if you go back and read Carrie, yeah. it's not just dark. It's like the psychological profile of this poor, tormented yeah. young girl with telekinetic powers. Mm hmm. Fucking fantastic! Yeah. He just nailed it. Oh my god! To the point where you want her to make those kids' heads explode. Yeah. You want her to cause accidents. <laughs> like, go yeah. get them, girl. Right. Fuck these assholes. <laughs> like finally, the tormented and picked on girl has an option. Yeah. I mean, he made it perfect. 
he make really created like the ultimate outsider, some poor kid that was unfortunate to be born into a situation where her mother was a completely psychotic cunt. Yeah. <laughs> and people were trying to fucking throw pig's blood on her and run her over with a car. Oh, so mean. Yeah, but she and she they faked that this fucking handsome guy was going to go to the prom with her oh. and dump blood on her and they all thought it was funny and they were laughing at her. Uh and she got back at them all because we realized that at the, the worst case scenario for a human is someone that could do that to some poor, misfortunate girl like Carrie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we, we show, like, without killing her, right. these are the worst people that you could imagine. And yeah. she had this fucking ace in the hole. It's <laughs> <This> power. <laughs> that they never saw coming. Uh, yeah. It's fucking great. It's so great. Man. He's amazing. Fuck, he's good. Amazing. But I remember people telling me, like, that's all fluff. I'd be like, oh. Pet Cemetery, motherfucker. Shining, you ever read that book? Shining is not fluff. It's not fluff. <laughs> it's not fluff. It's no, the book is fucking fantastic. Oh my god! And the book that guy goes crazy slow. Yeah, it takes a while. That's what he didn't like about the original Jack Nicholson version, the Kubrick version, which was fantastic. Yeah, but it was a different story. I can yeah. see the argument that that story was more adaptable to a film that takes place over you know two plus hours or whatever. Uh -huh. Whereas his book. It would have to be like a 30-hour movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's a long process of Jack, maybe 30 hours would be enough. Yeah. Yeah, when he really starts going nuts and the family realizes he's actually losing his fucking mind and oh being my God. taken over by something that lives in this house. Yeah, by this Woo! demon. <laughs> it's good. He felt like Jack Nicholson, I think, if I remember correctly, his, his criticism of the Jack Nicholson seemed crazy immediately. Oh really? He was already crazy. Uh huh. And that, like he had like hurt the kid once when he was drinking. Right. He was fucked up. I don't know if that was in the book. I don't remember. Yeah. But that he, Jack Nicholson's character was too crazy right away. Right. And it wasn't enough of a transition. Like that's, he was. He was ready just to Jack. give in. It's just Jack. <laughs> it's just yeah. Jack. The uh, the one thing I took away from that from his book on writing was uh, just get to the end. Don't share it. Don't talk mm. about it. Just yeah. keep going get to the end don't yeah. judge it yourself just get to the end and then start going to work on it and uh that really was helpful getting mm. to the end of this because and then it actually became really fun going back and fixing it up fixing it up and even like just the clarity like just make it simple just make it get this message across like why am i taking three paragraphs repeating right. myself mm. pare it down mm. peel it off Make it clear for the for the reader. You don't want to go in circles. Make this very like a lot of times. I'll read articles like in the paper or something. And it's like not understanding it. It's not that I'm not understanding. It's that this is isn't written well. This right. isn't clear. Right. That's your job. Like just try, going back and trying to clear. I mean, like sometimes when you have a bit and you're like you're working on new stuff for your stand up and you have something. It's like this big chunk. And then when you're done working on it, it's down to like five lines because mm. you learned how to say it so effectively mm. so direct yeah, and you realize the parts are just you were enjoying them but they were tripping you up, up the whole bit right they were getting in the way they're like you're asking the audience to think about this why it's yeah, just why? getting in the way it's just confusing the the clarity of the original thought you know uh, yeah. Ari, Ari has this uh, piece of paper that he has glued to the top of his keyboard that's a Hemingway quote it says the first draft of everything is shit oh nice yeah. It's great. It takes the pressure off. Well, it's also real. Yeah. It's like really, really just get it out there and don't think that it's done. And Hemingway writing. Yeah. 
Yeah. His first draft was shit. So yeah. my little stuff is going to end up shit. Is it? <laughs> but like Stephen King, Hemingway was fucked up all the time. Like Stephen King's early days. Yeah. Was Stephen the... King really fucked up? Oh, yeah. Oh, he Don't was? Don't you remember the book? We no. Talking... Oh, my God. I don't God. remember that part. Yeah, dude. I mean, he was just drinking cases of Budweiser and fucking doing coke. And he said he didn't even remember writing Carrie. What? Yeah, I didn't even remember it. It no. all came in a haze. Or is it Cujo? Holy Cujo. cow. Carrie or Cujo? I think Cujo. Oh, Cujo I think was he great. didn't remember writing Cujo. I think he was in a... I don't know. I might, I might be wrong. It might be Carrie. But just he was that messed one of those, up. One of those books. Cujo. What is it? Cujo? Thank you. Wow. So to be so blasted that he didn't even remember writing <laughs> oh, one of the great man. horror books ever. Oh, and, my God. And... A horror book about a rabid dog, a, a giant rabid dog that used to be everybody's friend. So scary. <laughs> I read that as a kid, like in a summer, and just you were in that car yeah. with that kid, with the yeah. mom, just like, oh my yeah, God. Man. His just slobber on the on the window yeah. next to you. Dude. So he was that messed up. Yeah. I mean, Self-admittedly. Yeah, I mean, he was doing everything. When did he get clean? Years back. I think his wife put the hammer down. Yeah, they gave uh, they. And then uh, his family and friends staged an intervention yeah. right around that time. Oh, yeah. What year? Got that bad. Does that? Doesn't say. Let's see. Late 80s, I guess. Yeah, see, so I'm not, I don't want to say that he couldn't have written amazing stuff without drugs. No. But the, the original stuff that he did, he was, f but, well, I mean, was it that he was just fucked up and he was writing amazing stuff? Or was it that he was writing amazing stuff because he was fucked up? But clearly, it has an effect on your mind. And your mind is where all your creativity, allegedly, is coming from, right? Yeah. I mean, you're writing and you're concentrating the way you're thinking about things directly yeah. affects the work. So if you're thinking about things on coke and drinking and you get this, like, psychotic overview of life on Earth and the interactions that people have with each other and, and this is what you're writing, this is how you're writing, influenced by these drugs has a giant effect on creativity. Sure, but without talent to harness it and, you know... Oh yeah, totally. You could get you could if you don't have that talent that he has, unquestionably. You can get just fucked up and then just you don't do anything with it, but sit in your room, right. and, you know. But he it's uh there's like real talent there. Yeah. That then the drugs influence that it's manipulating that giant talent. I mean, I think you could also say the same about a lot of great comics like Kennison and Pryor. Yeah. Obviously, they, they had a great relationship, bad relationship with some drugs. Yeah. But they were also fucking super talented on top of that. For sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a fascinating thought, right? Yeah. It's like what what are your thoughts and where where are these coming from? Are they coming from the environment that you live in, the things you've been exposed to, the pros and the cons, the goods and the bads? You ever hear? I'm mean, sure you have, but I'll ask it anyway. But you, you ever hear um, uh, singer songwriters talk about where the songs come from? Yeah, they Tom Waits, Bob approach. Dylan. Yeah, but they a lot of times they talk about catching them out of the air. Yeah, that they're they're they weren't like they didn't come from me. They all have this overwhelming feeling like it came from somewhere else. Yeah, what do you make of that? Uh, for sure, I think they, you know Steven Pinker calls it the muse. He uses the expression the muse, um, or the you know the uh, idea of the muse, mm -hmm. and that even if it's not like a real muse, like some sort of a, a guardian thing but treat it like it is right and that with respect like show up to work and that muse will show up more often right like, like tune it in and, and have it come to you but i think it comes back to what we we're saying about 
ego and like getting out of your own way like sometimes when you're writing you're so immersed in these thoughts and these ideas that you are out of your own way you get yeah. that that tunnel yeah. I think then the booze and the coke and the weed or whatever the fuck you're doing right. helps you stay in that crazy zone of just letting these ideas sort of create themselves in your mind yeah. and letting the story play itself out in your brain. But how much of it is from within your brain and how much is it in the ether? It's a good question. You what know? does that mean? And what is that? Yeah. yeah what, what does is, that mean? What does that mean floating around in the ether? Yeah. And letting in you just being a thing where it can sh kind of show up. Yeah. You know, is it just harnessing us? I mean, because whenever you talk about meditating or even the yoga or the jujitsu, all that stuff we're talking about, it is a relationship to the universe. Right. Right? It is a relationship to these forces that are outside of ourself. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. And it's probably... I mean, every human being is a combination of so many different experiences and genes and environment and the culture they live in. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so many different factors that would affect your creativity, too. There's so many different factors that would affect the way unique ideas enter into your head. Yeah. And yeah. why? And, you know, how much, how much respect do you pay to those ideas? How much time do you spend alone with those ideas? Right. Can you focus on a lot of different things? Like if you were writing... Like, can you focus on your act and another project? No. It's hard, right? No, I'm not good at that. I've tried that. I don't, I don't do so well at that. I write different things, but if I have, like, a main project, like, the main, if, like if I'm trying to do a special or something like that, the main project has always got to be the stand-up. Right. And that all these other things that I write are just fishing for more stand-up. Right. You know, so, like, I don't, a lot of times I don't write, like, try to sit down and write a specific joke. Yeah. I get a joke and then I write on the joke, but I get a joke from writing blogs more, like, uh -huh. like almost like essays. So I'll, I'll start thinking about a subject. Then this way I'm not restricted to a punchline format. Uh -huh. I just, I'm just trying to like explore all the different things that I think about this. And I idea. might find one or two gems in there. Right. And then I extract those and I go, okay, well, how do I get that gem? Right. And turn it into, how does, I know there's a thought there that makes sense. Yeah. How do I do that without all that other bullshit? Right. How do I get to it quick? I really think that great stand-up is like poetry because it's all paring you down to this one simple way to deliver all of that thing in that blog, Yeah, right? That's why tweets are so good. Like, you know, um, Ian Edwards was telling me about that, about like writing tweets and writing like little face posts, Facebook posts, like having real limited, uh -huh. that he would just sit there and try to write like really funny shit <laughs> on Twitter and that it forces you to boil it down to 140 characters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a skill. Yeah. It is. It's a definite, like you, you learn how to have like a quickly impacting thought Yeah, as opposed to like some long or like you ever read, I mean, I've, I've been, I'm guilty of it too. I've written some stuff like that, but that long drawn out stupid shit that could have been like parsed down. And it's almost like, come on, man, don't put this out there yet. This is, this <laughs> right. is the first draft. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The world is filled with those specials right now. <laughs> yeah. Those specials, those articles, and, you know, so much, so yeah. much of that. Just kind of hanging out. Yeah. You know? It's, a, it's an interesting thing. But I really do, I did like the, the process of, of having to write it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like knowing that someone's someone out there is waiting for it. <laughs> like right. I've got to hand this thing in. It was kind of, uh, it was pretty cool. That's why people like doing specials too. Because you know that like, hey, I have to film this thing in six months. So I have, you know, X amount of work to do. Yeah. I got to get it done. Right. Like as opposed to, 
if you don't have a hanging out yeah just doing sets you're right like how much you're writing <laughs> i'm writing a little yeah i'm doing it yeah. you, you realize that same new joke is six months old <laughs> yeah or a year old or two years old or five yeah. years old or i mean how many guys do you know like that yeah so it, but there, there's <laughs> so much comfort in the port you know you're already in port you don't want to go back out to that ocean of ideas <laughs> right Look, exactly I it's nice and safe over here <laughs> yeah i've been working on this house for come years. on i gotta go out again jeez <laughs> I got this act. I got it nice and honed. It's good. What, 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 what do you mean a hurricane's coming? It's going to knock down my beachside house and I got to rebuild? I can't possibly. I can't do that. Look, I can't grow. I'm 70 years old. There's no learning. <laughs> yeah. There's no, it's, it's over. I'm, I'm done. You are what you are. I'm done, man. You are what you are. So uh, can we talk about what you did yesterday? Sure. Because uh, you sent me a pretty cool picture. Oh, the elk? Oh, my God. Yeah. Holy I cow. I try to do that once a year. That was go massive. And, uh, yeah, it's huge. Big mm, animal. How big, big? Wild elk. Thousand pounds, probably. Jeez. It's a big animal. Oh, my God. Yeah. And how long uh, did it just come? Were you set up in one spot and it kind of crossed your path? It was a couple of days of trying to get close to one. A couple of days? Yeah. That that's, that's really quick. Wow. Usually it's a lot more days. But, you know, you're obviously, sometimes you'll have encounters with an elk. Like your very first morning. Right. There's a picture of it. The rack on that is amazing. It's a big animal. That is huge rack. Yeah, that's the most, one of the most, I think, majestic of all wild animals. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, that is a mountain of an animal. These animals get killed so often by mountain lions, like uh, mountain lions in particular. Yeah. And um, How old is he, you think? Bears. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a, a big question. rack. How long did it take to grow that rack? You know what's really crazy? They drop them off every year and they regrow them quick. Every year? Yep. So that grows that quickly? Within a couple months. Oh, my God. Yeah, really? it's insane. It's like one of the that looks quickest like... growing things in nature. I would think that was around for 20 years. No, no, no. They, they drop like a... those off every year. Oh, my God. And that's where you can uh, tell... Uh, a very specific, like there's very specific characteristics of certain antlers, and you can tell like by the sheds if it's the same antler if you catch them like a year later. Man, oh man! Yeah. One one arrow. One arrow. Really? Yeah. What do you aim for? The lungs, like the vitals, the lungs, the heart. Right. It kills them. Like the lungs get deflated and they die quick. He di he fell within five seconds. Really? Yeah. From an arrow. Yeah, and then it takes a few seconds for them to expire. But oh never God. knew we were there. He had no idea we were there. So how Until, long were you in that spot? Were you? Well, we we were trying to get to him for a couple hours because uh -huh. he was screaming. They scream when they're trying to get laid. When they're trying to pick up chicks. Oh really? They fight each other to the death. We find dead ones there. Really? Yeah, you find them all the time. They, they fight. One of them they found though had a mountain lion's uh, claw stuck in its head, which is really crazy. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they found this um, one that had been uh, chewed up. And uh, when they, um, you know, like when I think one of them dies, they want to find out like what killed them. And I think you, you bring the skull to like fish and game and they, you know, do an examination on whatever they can. To see what's animal. going on out in to the see wild. see if it was poached. Uh -huh. You know, sometimes people will shoot an animal and then um, just they're not supposed to be there. Like there's people are assholes, man. Like Ted Nugent really? has a place in um, some people are obviously. Yeah. Ted Nugent has a place in um, Michigan. And it's this big, giant, fenced-in deer park that he has, uh -huh. like hundreds of acres. 
And uh, one day while he was not there, someone killed like all of his bucks. So they climbed the fence and just shot them all. And just shot him and left them? Yeah, just shot him. Oh, my God. Yeah, people have done that's gross. terrible things like that. So I think there's one, they have to think about that. They find yeah, a dead gross. one. And also they have to think about what's killing it. Is it uh, a bear that's killing it? Right. Not that usual. They're pretty big for a, a grown bear to attack that. A bear and an elk would be crazy There's fight. no bear in America. Or there's no uh, grizzlies in California, rather. Right. But um, they do get jacked by grizzlies in, like, Wyoming. Really? Especially their their babies, almost all their babies. Would a grizzly fight it for food or sure. just to yeah. protect itself? No, for food. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was. you don't have to protect yourself from an elk. Right. You have to protect yourself from a moose. Moose will try to fuck you up. Yeah. It's a different animal. Because right. they evolve around grizzly bears all the time. So they're just... They're up in Alaska. Right. And there's a certain parts of America they are, too, but... I ran into one in Denver, Colorado. in Colorado, yeah. Yeah, you can find them in Colorado. Yeah. They're in Wyoming. They're I think in... I told you that story. I came around a, a, a trail. We were backcountry for a couple of weeks, and we just came around this trail. It was a baby moose, like, on the middle of the trail. Wow. We're like, oh, it's so cute. And it was like... <sighs> you just heard, oh, shit. It's mom's mom. got to be around here. And this, yeah, this, we got out of there really quick. A friend of mine has a ranch in British Columbia, and he was on his horse, and he got too close to the baby, so the mother moose started chasing them at full clip. Oh, man. He said it was fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because the moose is so much bigger than his horse. Gigantic. Oh, he was on a horse? He was on a horse. Holy. And he's just hoping that the horse can get away from this fucking moose. This oh, my. This moose is sprinting at them. God. And if the moose will knock you off the horse and stomp you to death. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is scary. <laughs> yeah. You catch a mama when she's around her babies and she decides you're a problem. And what about the elk? Does that have a, like, are you, would that run you down? Like, if it saw you and felt threatened? No, they're not as aggressive. Yeah. They're not the same. Be a little... I mean, they would, they, if you got close to them, yeah. especially during, like, right now, which is called the rut, which is when once a year they get laid. Uh... So once a year they grow these giant antlers and they get ready to fight. Those antlers are not to fight off predators. They're to fight each other. Oh. Yeah. They go to war. Fight dude. another dude. Yep. They go to war for pussy. Wow. They smash each other for, for chicks. Really? <sighs> Craziest animal of all time. That's wild. They scream, man, like a Lord of the Rings sound. It's like... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and then the females go... They like mm. let out this, this sound like, come give me some dick. And they're like, <laughs> I got some dick. Dick, 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 dick. And is he yelling so she'll come to him? Yeah. He's yelling so she'll come to him. She's mewing. So here, you listen to this. Hear it. This is uh, from YouTube. Terrifying elk scream. This is what they sound like. That looks just like the one. <laughs> it gets louder than that, though. Is that all it's got? Or does it just keep going? He's adorable. Yeah, that's not too loud. That's it? That's weak. Look at that big Someone, ass rack. Whoever put that video up, that is a lie. Yeah. That is not terrifying. That's not terrifying. You're scared of that bitch, you better stay home. If you're in your tent at night and you heard that, you'd be a little scared. See if you can find a better one, because there's some awesome one. Amazing elk bugle. So you were in one spot for a couple hours after you for heard him? one, you got... we spotted him in the distance. We spotted him on a hill uh -huh. with binoculars, and then you got to play the wind. You got to get close to him. You got to figure out which way the wind is blowing. So the he doesn't smell you? Yeah, the wind changes as the day goes on. Uh-huh. Because the, the ground heats up. What is this? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's crazy. 
How about that? That's scary. There's moose going to war in Alaska. Moose battle. They go to war like right on people's lawns and shit, fuck <laughs> up their cars. Jeez. I mean, they're so big. A moose is like twice the size of an elk. Twice the size? Oh, yeah. Mooses get to like eight mu mooses. Mises to pieces. <laughs> My mm. mises. They get really big. They get to like 1,800 pounds. Holy cow. They're huge. They're wow. so big, they don't even look real. Jeez. I saw one that my friend Ben uh, shot in uh, Alaska, uh, in BC, in British Columbia, and when it was walking across the road, there was like a dirt road that we were on, we saw it walk from one section of the forest into the next. Uh -huh. It looked like, remember that War of the Worlds movie yeah. with Tom Cruise with a thing, <laughs> oh my with God. the giant legs, <laughs> yeah. like walking over cars, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. You see, you're like, holy shit. Can you eat moose? Oh, yeah. It's yeah? delicious. Do you ever hunt for moose? Yeah, I, I hunt for moose. Once, oh, you did? Once, yeah. And that, at that time, man, I shot a moose. That's a moose right there. This is it. Oh, really? That's a young moose. That's why it doesn't have much antlers. Yeah. It doesn't have a big ass set of antlers. What do you like? What's better to eat? This is the moose right now. I keep really can't say it. What's better to eat? Moose is fantastic. Moose and elk are real similar. They're but similar. But deer's really good, too. Yeah. All, all wild game, if it's healthy yeah. if, and it's prepared correctly and taken care of correctly yeah it's got an amazing taste to it it's just really like nutrient dense very yeah. protein dense very different than any other and it's again if you want to eat meat in my eyes like this is the best meat for you and the best case scenario because yeah. this is not like a factory farmed animal and if exactly. you don't kill it its fate is sealed by mountain lions yeah. or bears or wolves depending on where it is right or starvation or freezing to death and it has a very short life. Yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah. I mean, if if you find a nine-year-old elk, holy shit. How yeah. is that even possible? Really? Most, yeah. 50% of them in grizzly bear areas, they get killed by bears when they're Shh. babies. That's a high percentage. Yeah, they're fawns. One out of two fawns get killed. Deer fawns, too, in a lot of grizzly bear infested areas. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tried making that elk steak that you gave me, and I, I messed it up. Yeah. Well, you got to cook it very lightly you don't want to like cook it you, you should use a meat thermometer i'll give you a, it wasn't a long thing i i did it short amount of time but what it was, was wrong uh i think you said that uh there's some layer that oh the silver skin yeah yeah the fascia i didn't take that off well i gave you a wrapped one that was from the butcher what was it a roast it, or a steak like what it was, was like it? a steak do you remember what see what is it there's a white it's like film that they keep on sometimes mm -hmm. to sort of retain moisture and when you when you uh see it it's like the fascia on the outside of the meat uh -huh. and you have to slice that off it wasn't like a real visible thing yeah it's really thin and sometimes right. it's in between the structure of the muscle uh -huh. you got to find it and cut it out or eat around it gotcha it's just a different kind of animal the taste was good but it was just very yeah chew chew chewy that's that part you got to cut out that's all it is right it um, was good though the ground Oh, yeah, that's stuff the best, was, like, to oh. make for burgers and chili and all kinds With of stuff. With eggs in the morning? Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's so good. And, again, you don't have to worry about any bullshit. There's no hormones. Yeah. By antibiotics. That's the worst part. Like, And it's I'm, an animal that lived wild. It's I don't like, like the idea of just blindly ordering meat, like, when I'm out. Because not knowing where it came from or not knowing, you know. Even worse, how about knowing? Yeah. Even worse. It's like you think about, like, what the animal was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's suffering. A, we kinda, we're in a weird place where we're jammed into these boxes of people. So you know? many people. Giant fucking populations. It's and you got to get these people food. And it's, so they want they don't want to know. They, they don't, don't. want to know where it came from.
Nope. No, I know. Think about how many people are looking for lunch yeah. every day. I mean, how do you feed this number of people? Yeah, go to a pastrami, you know, a sandwich place, get a fucking big corned beef with <laughs> Swiss and mustard. And you're sitting there with a friend eating at Jerry's Deli, having yeah. a great time, eating right. some fries. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Yeah. What you the hell no happened? No thought whatsoever to the whole process of what makes corned beef. How do you get that? Where'd that come from? Where is that? Yeah. No yeah. thought. No thought at all. Dude. It's creepy. You yeah, know, we're yeah. fucking weird, man. But what do you do? There's so many of us. You can't do anything. Like, there's no way. Well, you can obviously do something. But I'm saying, like, the situation that we're in right now, it has to be, like, resolved, but it can't be resolved instantly. Because to try to get all these people some sort of ethically raised animals, um, pasture-fed animals that aren't forced to eat some shit they're not supposed to eat, so they're unhealthy, yeah. to get your vegetables all free of pesticides... But also a high yield. You protect them from insects and yeah. pests and bullshit and disease. It's, and Don't you feel like it's going to have to be... Like there's this new... I think it's called Better Burger. Oh, like, that's like a, a plant-based burger? Yeah, that, like, yeah. that almost looks like it's mm -hmm. bleeding. Yeah, like it, it actually has like a... Like, have you tried it? I haven't tried it yet. But people are really... have been talking about it a lot lately. Don't confuse um, farm-raised plants with not having any consequences though that's another problem that people have when they look at like grain in particular right and they look at this idea of like grain being completely ethical i'm not saying don't eat grain right i'm saying if you look at those gigantic combines that chew up all that grain yeah and the, when you go over those fields after they've been freshly cut uh-huh you see vultures right all over circling because there's a ton of fucking things that got killed in those blades Right, you mean rodents and rodents and rabbits and right. all kinds of shit. Occasionally, fawns. You know, if someone uh, you know fucks up and fawns, apparently will uh, when they're scared, when they're really young, they just stay put mm -hmm. when they're scared, and they can get run over by shit. But how are you going to feed seven billion people? Like, don't exactly. you feel like you know? Here's the key, here's the key, man. Preservatives. Without preservatives, like everybody wants everything to be natural and organic, which right. is totally true. But without preservatives, it's very difficult to get supplies of shit. And right. like stockpile things and to have things in surplus. I mean, without, right. other than grains yeah. and beans, you know, and canned things. Yeah. You know, you'd have to can everything. But a lot of like shipping and how we move stuff around, how long we want stuff to sit on the shelves and right. how long we want stuff to stay fresh. We want to avoid mold. By putting stuff in that avoids mold, it also fucks with the natural gut floor that we have. Right. In our bods. Dude, I'm like a scientist. You really, you I have really no idea what I'm talking about. But don't about. you feel I'm like just repeating shit I read. But isn't it crazy? But isn't it crazy how passionate people? Like I talked about that I was uh, ate like a vegan for a couple of years on my podcast. We got more hate comments. Like people are so, uh, like. Like passionate, like mm. screw you, eating that way. What do you mean? I mean, I was eating that way. I wasn't saying you have to eat that way. But Pete, there is like a an anger if you show them a different way of living yeah. or eating, eating, just eating. Well, they look at you as a person who's responsible for the death and suffering of animals. Right. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. And they wanted to show that they are in a better moral position. And they feel genuinely outraged by your eating meat. 
But it's the other side, too. If you say that you ate, ate like a vegan, meat eaters come at you and say, oh, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. Oh, you gay, bro? <laughs> how yeah. Long been, how long have you been eating dicks? Isn't it weird? It is weird. Like, what, who do you care about? Well, the meat eaters, eat? it doesn't make any sense. The, the meat eater ragging on the vegan, to me, doesn't make any sense at all. Unless it's just like, you ever meet a woman that is just so mad at men because she's ran into a few fucked up men and they're like, you can't even talk to them? Like, right. All right. You yeah. Know, people just trying to be nice to you. Like, you, you won't let that happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, every man is shit. <laughs> right. It's sort of like, I feel like maybe some meat eaters that shit on vegans, uh -huh. they get mad because vegans are so proselytizing. It's such a common thing to be a proselytizing vegan. Right. That meat eaters, like, almost like, attack first first right you know yeah like screw you you're not gonna make me feel bad about what i do yeah but then there's also there's a legit thought point that could be made that the people that are sh a lot of the people maybe that are f shitting on vegans and veganism they're doing so because they don't want to address their own complicity in the suffering of animals mm -hmm. and they don't want to think about it you make me think about it i just want to go to carl's jr and get that fucking bacon <laughs> jalapeno <laughs> cheddar thing with you yeah, know, there's that too. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny. Yeah, Again, it's not. There's no absolute. It's not one or the other. Yeah, it's it's very possible that there's a bunch of shit going on. Yeah, but that the idea that you could um, get mad at someone for eating vegan that seems crazy. It does seem crazy, but I think that people are so connected to what they eat that it it, it brings up this. Yeah, it's a team thing. Yeah, right. It's like it's, we were talking about. It's yeah, like a lot along the same. I mean, how many goddamn vegans out there have the word vegan in their Twitter profile or their Facebook profile or their Instagram it's profile? It's true. Jesus fucking Christ! Right, you're wearing it like a like yeah, a, a badge thing. of honor. Right. Yeah, and they feel like they're gonna help the world with this whole plant based, plant based. You right. Know? Yeah. But if you wrote like meat eater, Tom Papa, meat eater on the <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, unless you run a, a sh TV show like Meat Eater with Steve Rinella on, on the Sportsman's Outdoor Channel. Nice. Um, unless you're doing that, yeah, you would never do that. Right? No. But you could write plant-based. You know, like, hey, plant-based and plant-based. <laughs> you know, people write that in their profile all the they time. Do. Vegan. Happy vegan. Yeah. The I'm the healthy vegan. Yeah, this is I'm me. I'm the fit vegan. I want you to know what I am and what I stand yeah. for. Athletic vegan. Like, there's so many people that have that in their name profile. It's so obvious what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some of them think I just no, want to be part of a team. I just I'm want to be part of a healthy it. lifestyle. I'm promoting the, what's going to save the world. I'm promoting. And I know they believe that. Uh huh. I know they believe that. But I think we tend to look at, like, the entire thing, right? We tend to look at the entire group of people. Like, we have to stop eating meat. Look at what we're doing to the environment. Yeah. Well, some of us definitely don't have to eat meat. You could do whatever you want. Right. And we should all look at factory farming and say, this is despicable. Yeah, and this disgusting. is horrific that we've allowed our our civilization to accept this yeah. in our inside of our borders, right? Mm -hmm. This is a barbaric practice. Yeah. And it's terrifying because there's a complete denial of like the, the the natural order of life. Instead, you're like, no, no, no I'm gonna just capture this life and cage it up, and then uh, shoot it when it's ready. Yeah. Like, woo. That way, it stays tender because it doesn't move. You're like, woo. This is <laughs> yeah. Dark. Yeah. To me, what makes sense to me, and everybody has their own thoughts on this, <coughs> makes sense to me is to just go out in the wild and get it yourself if you can. Yeah. Everybody can't. No, I know. People don't have the time. Right. I understand that too. Yeah. I get that. I don't I'm not telling anybody what to do, but for me, 
I was at a point in 2012 where I was trying to decide if I was going to be a vegan or vegetarian. I'd oh, probably, yeah? I would lean towards vegetarian because I don't think there's anything wrong with free-range eggs and things along those lines. And, yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with catching fish either, so maybe I'd be like a pescatarian. Right. But what I wanted to avoid was the, whole, the factory farming thing is fucked up. It is, completely. So then I started hunting. I was like, it's going to be one or the other. Uh-huh. And once I started hunting, I was like, oh, this is the way. Right. Because this is exciting and crazy and wild, and it puts you in tune with nature in this crazy way. And you have this deep, intense respect for wild things that I never had before. I didn't think about the management of wildlife or the resources of uh, the land that we have, like yeah. public land, and that these animals roam these areas. And these areas have to be supported with money, and that money comes from hunting tags and uh, attacks on uh, sportsmen's gear and sporting gear. And, and right. You know, anything hunting gear related, they pay a giant sum of that money that goes towards conservation. It's a big tax. Right. It's like 11%. Wow. Yeah. So this is like what supports that and all the licenses and everything that supports the the fish and wildlife uh, management right. of this country, of all this it. wild game. And, yeah. It, it, and that's why there's more deer in this country than there has been since Columbus landed. There's more deer in this country than when Columbus landed. Stop is that true? That. Yes, it is. More white-tailed deer in this country than than there ever was before. And then there's other animals that they had almost extirpated because of uh, what, what they used to call market killing. Uh-huh. Market hunting they used to do at the turn of the century back when they didn't have uh, refrigerators. They would And they, they would just took advantage of these wild animals roaming around. They would hire assassins, essentially, to go right. out, shoot these animals and sell, sell the meat. Uh-huh. And they almost wiped out all the elk. They almost wiped out all the deer. They almost wiped out everything. Jeez. So at one point in time, before fish and wildlife management companies started managing all this stuff, uh-huh. there was a like a severe problem with the lack of wildlife and the you know the, the, uh-huh. the, the possible impending insti- extinction crisis. But since then, they've repopulated elk in a lot of areas. They repopulated deer almost everywhere yeah. it was before. There's a big. Uh, I have family in New Jersey, and there's deer all over the place. And I always thought it was because there was so much development that the deer have nowhere to go. Well, it's because there's no predators. Right. And New Jersey has more predators now than ever before. It was really New Jersey oh, has yeah? the densest population of black bears in the country. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So those are the predators that control the deer population. But a lot of times that's not enough food for them. And then the encroaching population, they find out about garbage cans and things right. like that. And then they become a giant problem. Right. Yeah, because there's also the densest populated with humans. Well, it is, but it's not. See, New Jersey has a lot of really rural areas that a lot of people mm-hmm. aren't really thinking about. They're not aware. There's a ton of wildlife in New Jersey. Yeah. People only think about, like, Newark. Newark. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is where I was born. Yeah. You know, they think of, like, northern New York, which or Nor- uh, New Jersey, rather, which right. is close Bergen to Bergen County, York. that's yeah. where I was born. But southern New Jersey. And, like, there's and west, west, the whole yeah. west. Oh, it's all fucking crazy. Yeah. It's crazy rural out there. Yeah, my uh, my brother-in-law started did, similar to what you he started thinking about how he's going to get his food and stuff, and he started hunting deer, mm. and because it's in New Jersey, there's all these deer, so They're he goes everywhere. out, he gets like two a season, yeah, and it feeds his family for the year, yeah, and it's, it's amazing. Look, it is a th- first of all, you're controlling a population that needs to be controlled because there's a ton of accidents, two million car accidents in this country last year, people hitting deer, and 150 people died. Two million from hitting deer? Yeah, in this country alone. Jeez. Yeah. 
That's crazy well, high. Unless you want to bring mountain lions and wolves everywhere, you have to figure out a way to control those things. Right. The, one of the best ways to control that also contributes to wildlife management funds is hunting. Right. They pay for hunting tax. See, it's all, it's all very counterintuitive because we assume the people who hunt don't like wildlife, right? Oh, you don't like it. If you it's like it, you would leave opposite. it alone and yeah. let, it, let, it, let it live its life, man. Right. But yeah, but the problem is we've set up highways and these cities and like you can't just leave it alone now. We've already interfered yeah. in nature to a point where we've altered gigantic swaths of land to suit our bidding. So you either want to regress right. away from technological... So the people that drive Tesla saying this are the most crazy. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. people who want cities and want technology, but they don't want management of wildlife. You don't understand. And they don't even understand it. They've possible. never been out there. The city's not even possible unless you manage wildlife. Right. Because if mountain lions and bears start moving into Pasadena and start killing people, <laughs> right, you're exactly. going to need to manage them. If deers are everywhere and everyone's crashing into cars, you're going to manage them. What are you going to do? How right. are you going to manage them? Right. You know, well, humans shouldn't play God, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, well, just go outside and hope, hope you don't get eaten. Good yeah. luck. No, a percent, I, I would say a high percentage without knowing anything. Uh, of people that hunt love the outdoors, love being out there. But then you have those stories, like you were saying, with the Ted Nugent, where people just kind of yeah. come in with their guns and shoot and get drunk and go off. Those, well, that's those not, are, Ted those Nugent are, doesn't drink. He's, he doesn't do that, but he is a very boisterous right-wing type character. No, I'm saying of, the guys who came in and just shot his bucks and oh, split. Oh, those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if they were drunk or just crazy. They were drunk. Okay. They were all cracked up, they're messed on, up. Yeah, they were on crank. <laughs> cranked up and going around and killing Bathtub things. crank. Well, I hope this this discussion doesn't dissuade you from going to Musso and Frank's, like gentlemen no, in our suits. No, we have to do what we got to do. A, a, a martini a, a, a and a steak once a year. For all those those cows once a year. Um, but this this meat that I ate last night, that I shot yesterday morning and ate that night, maybe the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. Really, fucking phenomenal. I saw the picture on Instagram. That one, yeah, phenomenal. Looks, so rich with nutrients. I feel healthy man. just looking at those pictures, dude. It's so it's so good. Oh my God. So rich with nutrients. So how did you cook that? I cooked it on, I have a pellet grill. Right. It's called a Yoder. There's a bunch of really good ones. Traeger makes a really good one. Right. You told Green me Mountain that. Grills makes a really good one. There's a bunch of companies that make them. Um, I cook it at 275 degrees until it hits an internal temperature of 125 degrees. Then it's not I, so long, right? No. Then I take it off and then I heat up a cast iron skillet. This is, I've tried a bunch of different ways, but this is the method that works the best for me that I like the best. I heat a cast iron skillet very, very hot, and then I, I put some grass-fed butter in the cast iron skillet, and then I sear the outside and put a crust. So after the internal temperature is already 125 degrees, I cook it real quick. Like so off the pellet, yep. into the pan, into the which pan. is on the stove top? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hot just sear fuck. it? Yeah, like maybe less than a minute each side. Oh, really? Like maybe, yeah. Like maybe like 45 seconds maybe each Ooh. side just to get a little crust on that. Nice. And it just is the perfect combination of the outside and the inside is very rare-like but warm. That's like when you take a bite of it and you just start pounding the table. Oh, so good. <laughs> and it makes you like feel physically good. Yeah. Not like, like oh, goo, you're a big man, you killed an animal. That's not what I mean. I mean like your body responds to the nutrients in the meat in almost like an instantaneous way. And part of it could be the thing that's very different than going to Jerry's Deli and getting that pastrami is that there's a incredible deep immediate connection with that food mm -hmm. especially for me that day yeah knowing that i shot that that morning 
How did you get it? Don't it doesn't have to go to the butcher and no, be... we take parts of the body off. Like uh -huh. we take the back straps and the tenderloins, which are like um, very easy to manage cuts. Uh -huh. and the butcher shop will cut steaks out of the back legs and the hams and gotcha. make roasts and things like that. Gotcha. So what did you? But what was that piece that you had last night? It was the tenderloin that you just took with you. Yeah, well, I took a bunch of it with me. Right. I just put it in a uh, cooler, a Yeti cooler, and put uh, ice in it and shit. But, dude, it's uh, it's it's the total opposite of going to a burger place where you just yeah. go, yeah, can I get a double-double? Yeah, onions, <laughs> fries, <laughs> yeah. Uh, large Diet Coke, too, please. Right? You get that, and yeah. it's great. I mean, it tastes good and everything like that. Sure. But that's... There's no connection. Nothing. Whereas There's this no is, thought. This insane connection, and it's really difficult to, to accomplish. Yeah. To shoot a elk with a bow and arrow that's crazy it takes years and years of practice and i still suck at it uh, yeah. compared to like a really good archer and a really good hunter i'm still constantly practicing yeah constantly trying to uh no i mean evolve it like if i were to get into hunting and go out there i'd have to take a gun because otherwise yeah. i'm gonna be shooting it in its eye even, even that you have to learn how to shoot a gun properly that's right. not it's not people think it's easy to go shoot an animal with a gun good yeah. luck getting close to one right if you don't know what the fuck you're doing you could luck out and yeah wander into a deer's not paying attention and shoot them right but most of the time no like most of the time you have to get within a couple hundred yards of them you have to the if the wind is wrong they smell you a mile away they right. fucking bolt immediately yeah we stink do we? We smell terrible. When animals <laughs> smell us, yeah. I don't know. I would, I would wish science could figure out what it is that hits an animal's nostrils when they smell a person. But like a deer, they're like, fuck this. They're gone. Really? Yeah, the wind hits the back of your neck. Like, say if you're, like, winds change. Right. So, like, say if you're looking at these animals and you're trying to make a stalk on one and then the wind is blowing in your face, you're like, this is perfect. They can't smell me. Because the wind's in my face. Uh -huh. But then as you get closer, the wind can shift. Right. And sometimes the, the wind swirls and you feel it on the back of your neck. And, and they you just... see the animals perk up and they're like, fuck. <laughs> right. And they're gone. Yeah. It's amazing. It's Because Because they're thinking about cats. That's what they're thinking about. They're thinking about smelling a cat. Right. And that fucking, that scent hits them. Yeah, this weird human they're, scent. You know, the human thing's bad, too. I think we probably smell, we probably have our own unique danger smell. Yeah. But they're, I mean, they're... Uh, the evolution is not to avoid humans. We've only been here a couple hundred years. The uh -huh. evolution of the elk is most likely to avoid predators, cats and bears. So that right, smell, right. they smell a predator. Right. Like, Fuck this. You know? go. Imagine what a, the breath of a grizzly bear, you know, and the oh wind hits you. Oh, like, my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a fucking deer, you're like, Jesus. I saw a coyote the other day out on a, my neighbor's lawn. It was like a husky. It was a big ass... Look like a wolf. It's probably a koi wolf. Do what? you know they're hap those, are, those are happening? Uh-huh. There's coyotes. Well, here's the thing. There was a guy named Dan Flores that I had on the podcast. Yeah. He wrote this book called Coyote America. Fascinating uh -huh. book about the history of coyotes in America. Oh, I yeah? I fucking absorbed that book. It's so good. Really? Oh, it's amazing because it's so crazy. There's all this shit that I didn't know. One of the things is that a coyote is a wolf. It is it's a wolf. a small wolf. It's yeah. a small species of wolf. Came and that's from why the wolf. they interbreed with wolves. Yeah. No problem. Every wolf except the gray wolf. The gray wolf left America for so long and went to uh, Africa and became like jackals and all these different dog species over there. Right. But all the dogs that we have, all of them came from wolves. All of them. And all, all of our them, dogs? My dog? Dogs, every dog. And they all can breed with a wolf. Really? All of them. Yeah. So And the coyotes, 
they breed with different, like a lot of coyotes, like what percentage gray wolf, what percentage red wolf. Like they're separate species, uh-huh. but they're all the same thing genetically. Like every mm-hmm. dog, when they trace the DNA of a dog, they give, give a, all of them come from wolves. Really? Yeah. So when my little black wolf, lab? The koi wolf. Yeah, your little black lab at one point, you know, who knows when the yeah, fuck way they back. started that process, was a wolf. So these koi wolves, you see the one in the black? That's the koi wolf. Right. That it's like a combination of like a wolf and a coyote. That might but be- meanwhile, even coyotes, though, this guy Dan Flores was saying, are kind of wolf. That's why it works in the first place. Because they don't, like if something like a tiger fucks a lion and they make a liger, that liger can't have babies. But because they're totally, totally different species, but a tiger can fuck a lion and get it pregnant. There's so a real that liger. That looks like it's about to talk to you. Like, hey, Billy, where are you going? <laughs> this is not the woods for you. Uh, I wouldn't go it's this way. It's dangerous out here, buddy. Let me get you back home to your parents. You. Hold on, here comes a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm protecting these kids, you fuck. Dude, you smell. <laughs> yeah. You smell terrible. Get out of here. So what you're seeing is larger. Coyotes. This was a big coyote. Yeah, it was big. I was like, "Oh my god!" No one just be a big coyote missing. though. He might just be a regular coyote that's big. That's just, just big. A lot. They yeah. A lot of food out here, man. Man, mostly pets. It's a lot of pets. A lot of pets. Yeah, a lot of pets. Man, but believe me, we got it light. Deal with coyotes as opposed to those people in New Jersey that are dealing with bears. Yeah. People, people don't know. People that live outside, like go go to that video from Far Rockaway where these two 500-pound bear, I might be exaggerating, 500-pound bears are wrestling and fighting in the street, knocking over mailboxes. In New Jersey? And cars stop their, their engine. And if I'm exaggerating, it's not by much. Look at these two things. Oh, man. Look at the size of these fuckers, dude. Looks like my sister's house. But look how they fall down and they knock shit over. They slam, look at they knocked over that fence post. Look at the size of these fuckers. God. And they're fighting over territory. They don't so, attack people, though. Sure they do. They do? Rockaway, New Jersey. A kid in Rutgers was killed a couple of years ago. A kid in Alaska was killed by a bear uh, who was on... Look at them go to war. God, they're big. A kid in Alaska was killed. He was on a, uh, a race. He was on a trail race. No. 16-year-old kid, he called his mom, said a bear was following him. Oh, my God. And then uh, and they got the him? bear got him. They, they found the bear protecting the kid's body. Look at no. the size of that fucker. That's huge. I thought black bears were small. No, that's bullshit. They're huge. I thought they were, I thought they were small. How small do you think they were? I thought they were like uh, smaller than that. Well, like half out. the size of that. When they first are, when they're babies, and they <laughs> keep growing, and the they get cubs. really big. The ones at the uh, junk they get, band. They get huge, man. They wow. get huge. They get to be like eight feet tall. Jeez. Yeah. So what's the predator for the black bear in exactly. New Jersey? Hunters. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. Bears don't have any predators. None. Well, the only predator to a bear is another bear, which they do kill each other a lot. Right. And they eat each other a lot, especially babies. Jeez. They eat a lot of babies. They do? Oof. Yeah, a lot of babies. Good. Yeah, how about this guy? He's riding his mountain bike, and he sees that bear, and he fucking falls down. He's like, Jesus. We don't have him out here? Look at this. Panic, Jesus! Whoa. You ever see the one where the guy hits the bear in his car and he fucking screams, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> oh no! He's driving his car down this road, going like thirty-five miles an hour, and this bear jumps out last minute. Boom! Hits the hits the car, and the bear goes flying, <laughs> oh. and then runs off into the into the woods. Oh my god! Probably died. Yeah, but watch this slowly. Watch this. This is crazy. Yeah, watch this shit. He's driving his car. 
cruising do, 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 along. Do, 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 do. Just having a good time. So I kind of here I am. Major road. You know, just driving. Beep. Oh! Oh! Oh my God! That's not even the one. It that's, went flying. That's the Daily Mail one. And then ran into the woods. Yeah, there's another one that happens even quicker. This is a little different because it's got a guardrail. The other one, the other video is there's a bunch of trees to the side. This is it. Yeah, North Carolina. Watch this one. Oh, I'm just driving along <laughs> thinking about the time when white people used to run the world and slavery was legal. Oh, my God. Oh. That thing's huge. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just hit the shit out of a fucking bear. <laughs> <laughs> I said the same thing. <laughs> Rewind that oh, again. Oh, man. Oh, man. Rewind that again. Oh, my God. That's insane. Yes. I'm going to go home and smoke a fucking huge fucking... Oh, my God! <laughs> That couldn't be any better than if somebody narrated over an accident like that. Oh, that's I'm terrible. Go home, smoke a fucking big bowl. <laughs> you missed that part. Oh my god, that is scary. I just hit a bear. They're huge, dude. My sister-in-law just hit a deer. She's just like going like a you know, Bergen County, like yeah. a, like not a rural part. My friend Cam lives in Oregon, and one of the guys in his neighborhood died because someone in front of him hit a deer. And the deer went flying through the air, and his car was behind it, and the deer landed through his windshield oh and killed him. Oh, my God. Jeez. Fuck. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah. flying bone. I mean, And then here's, here's the angry vegan argument. So, you just want, like, all these animals to go away so you can continue destroying the world with your stupid fucking car, man. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? So, yeah, there shouldn't be any wildlife because it inconveniences you. How about it's their land, man? How about it's theirs? <laughs> well, then you you couldn't be then talking to me because there'd be no computers. And we, we okay, because if it was here. their land, you wouldn't survive. Re we, we carve off swaths of it for our own, what we decide the cities are ours. No, man. The cities aren't even real, man. <laughs> this is something we built over their sacred burial ground. This is where the bears used to bury their young, man. Yeah. And talk to each other in an ancient language we don't understand anymore. Yeah. Uh. We can all, I mean, look, we all have our own little fantasy worlds. Yeah. Well, the anthropomorphization, that thing that Disney movies did, but they made animals talk. Yeah. That fucked people up. It really did. Fucked us up as children. <laughs> it really did. It really did. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, people think that's a joke. I'm joking yeah. around. I'm being dead serious. No, I watch, my kids are vegetarians because um, my the wife pussies. is. What? <laughs> and... Uh, no, I, 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 a big part of it was seeing them as people, like yeah. seeing them with a little bow tie, or like yeah. you know, it it really has an effect. Of, you know, For, of of course, yeah. especially when you're a little baby. Yeah, you know, when you grow up watching Yogi Bear or watching, yeah. you know, Foghorn Leghorn. Or yeah, these <laughs> but as a animals. child, when I was watching that stuff, my Mom was also making amazing meals at the same time, so it was <laughs> like I did in. not connect it. Now, Yogi was Yogi and. Mom just made lasagna. <laughs> there is a real problem with representing something. I mean, look, it's entertaining. There's nothing wrong with that for us as an adult. Yeah, and but as fun. a child, it puts the idea in your head that these things are something other than what they are. Right. You know, not that there's anything bad with what they are. What they are is amazing. Even predators. Like I don't I wouldn't want predators wiped out. I think bears and wolves, they're fucking awesome, man. It's crazy to see, too. And oh, no. Be and they, around them. Yeah, and look, I mean, that's why the factory farming thing is so gross. The, yeah. There's a consciousness to animals. I mean, my dog, you know, oh, yeah. has For a sensitivity dog. and a love. And yeah. I mean, there is 
you make those animals suffer. I mean, that that's exactly that's bad. News. Well, the, the other thing is that that animal, especially dogs, they have developed this intense sensitivity and connection with people over thousands and thousands of years right. of having this weird symbiotic relationship with us. Yeah, to a point where you get like a, like I have a golden golden retriever. Yeah. Dude, this is the sweetest dog I've ever had in my life. Yeah. He's just a big old snuggle bunny. Yeah. He's a baby. I mean, he's a sweetest thing. <laughs> yeah. Like occasionally he plays a little too rough and everybody gets mad at him. But it's <laughs> <Right>. like nothing. <laughs> yeah. He's such a sweetie. Love bucket. Like when I come home, that dog, he runs around me in circles, then drops onto <laughs> his back and I start rubbing his belly. Yeah. And then I sit down and he climbs on top of me and circles around and kisses my face. Just and, licking like and crazy. Then he flops on me like with his legs up in the air and he wants me to rub his tummy. <laughs> yeah. He's the best it's the best he's so sweet you know man. they did a uh, there was an article the other day which i didn't get too deep into but that they um this guy um trained dogs so they would be calm enough so you could put them in an mri you could actually study their brains oh wow it was hard to do because dogs you know they, they freak out and that but you need them just to stay still like a human yeah. so you could study their brain and they learned that a lot of the patterns of a dog's brain are similar to ours. Empathy and feeling for things yeah. and like emotion of like, you know, it, that it was so similar that it really showed like just genetically wired mm. to feel and, and have emotion very similar to the way we do. That's fascinating. You yeah. know what else they're genetically wired to do? Kill chickens. Wow. Real problem. Yeah. Do you have chickens? Yeah. Oh, I, no. don't, I don't know if he's killed one, but he definitely brought a dead one to me once. Really? Yeah, but I was like, did you kill this? Like, what the <laughs> fuck happened? Because it didn't make sense. What do you mean? Because like, he didn't seem that aggressive with the chickens before. I right? think it might have died. Like They just die sometimes. Sure. They just die. You find them in their pen. Yeah. The, the chicken coop. They have this big ass, like a chicken house. Uh -huh. Sometimes you just find them in there dead. Just, oh, yeah. You know, Is chickens. that where you get all your eggs? Yeah. Great. They don't live that long, you know. But yeah. but he fucking now that he's had one in his mouth and he's carried it around yeah. and I found it. Now he wants to go near them all the time. Like, yeah, hey, cut the shit. Can you train him not to do nah, that? Sort of. Yeah, yeah but you got to be on it all the time. Yeah, it's got to be like a daily thing. Like he really likes chasing chickens. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like, what are you talking about? These are fucking chickens. Supposed to chase chickens. <laughs> Joe, do you know these are back here? Yeah, Joe, I mean, there's a whole house of them. <laughs> had this thing since it was a baby. Wants to chase chickens. Yeah, it's like it's in there, man. It's yeah. in the system. It's instinct, of yeah. course. Oh yeah, dude, he's so happy too when you catch him doing it. You're like, uh. hey, <laughs> he just doesn't want to listen. It's like, no, my, no, whatever. Yeah. My dog, like. It's great, black lab. She's so sweet. Same thing, and uh, because we—it's a vegetarian household. <laughs> it was only when I don't make meat that often when I'm with the family because it's just kind of you know it's kind of weird to be sitting there eating meat in front of them. So, uh, but when I do, when we're alone, <laughs> sometimes when they're there, giving her some meat, Ooh. she started to see me as the one thing in the house that gave me whatever that was. <laughs> Yes, Our relationship went to a whole nother level. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Now she, she looks at me differently. Meat with butter on it. <laughs> they yeah. don't even bother chewing it. You ever see when you give them gone a piece so of steak? Fast. Like, it's so fast. It's gone so fast. I really feel like, no, d enjoy that. But if you give them dog food, they never react like that. They're like, yeah, I'll eat this. Yeah, exactly. up, chew this shit down. Yeah, you're calling it chicken. This ain't chicken. Bullshit. <laughs> I cut off a couple peaks of elk and put it in my dog's food. They yeah. go crazy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Looking for more of it. Gone. Gone. Behind the bowl, under the bowl. <laughs> this can't be gone. Take your time. Can't Enjoy be gone. it. It's too good. <laughs> Instincts, man. Yeah, it's yeah. in us.
It is a weird thing that we've created these animals, not created them, but sort of uh, bred them to the point where they become a part of the household. Yeah. You know, and they live with you, but they don't speak English. They no. They know the rules. They know the rules. Yeah. And they I could mean, kill you, but they don't. When your dog sometimes like is just like, you're face to face, you know, she's yeah. licking you on the face, or you're just like, and you just see the teeth. Yeah. And you're like, this is kind of weird yeah. that I my face is close to this jaw. Yeah. Thank God this thing is really nice because it could just bite me in the face right, right. now. That's why erratic dogs like Cujo are so fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's because they're a part of your family. Then all of a sudden something goes wrong. <sighs> I had a dog when I was a kid that we got from the pound and it had distemper. And we had him for a couple of days and it just kept getting worse and worse. Oh, no. And it was a Doberman. Doberman Pinscher. Oh, my God. And it uh, got to the point where it was growling and barking at us in the house. And yeah, it was just like scared of everybody and growling and barking. Oh, man. And we were, we were talking to it. Like, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong? Like, <laughs> and then we brought it to the, the vet and uh, they were like, this dog's fucked. Really? It's got distemper. Yeah. Was this, is that a, like a chemical thing? It's some sort of a disease they can get from other dogs. Oh. And a lot of times dogs uh, that didn't have their shots, they get it. And uh, oh. it can make some dogs behave very erratically. And, and you can't correct dangerous. that? <sighs> I don't think they can. Yeah. Or at least they couldn't when I had a dog. Right. Canine distemper. Contagious and ser serious viral illness uh -huh. with no known cure. Disease affects dogs and certain species of wildlife, such as raccoons, wolves, foxes, and skunks. Common house pet, the ferret, is also a carrier of this virus. Oh, my God. So that was in yeah. your house. Yeah. Well, it's not as bad as rabies, but for this one dog, whatever kind of distemper he had. Yeah. It was uh, major symptoms include high fever, reddened eyes, watery discharge from the nose and eyes. An infected dog come lethargic and tired oh. and usually become anorexic. Um, I had another terrible. puppy that had this as well, and his um, his thing, well, he didn't have this, but he had something that gave him um, seizures, and they thought it was distemper. See, fits, Jeez. seizures, paralysis, and attacks of hysteria. See, that was what my dog had. He had the hysteria part. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he was lethargic. He was just sitting there. Even though he was growling, it wasn't like he was trying to get us, Oy. but he wasn't doing good. But he was not good. right. Death Oy. may result in two to five weeks after the initial infection. That's Fuck. sad. Yeah. Do you have one dog? I have three. You have three? Yeah. Do you think it's mean to have one dog? No. No, it's not mean if you're around the dog and you hang out with them. Yeah, we hang with them. Gets a lot of love. Dogs like dogs, though. They do like dogs. They're pack animals, you know? When, yeah. They have a good time together. Oh, my God. We had this little thing came over to the house. Yeah. The dog was so happy. Yeah. And my daughter's got a chihuahua. And so the Chihuahua and the uh, the um, Golden get together and <laughs> oh, they go really? run around and play, and it's like they have the fucking best time. Like, like it's a party, <laughs> it's constant. Woo! They could go for hours. Yeah, they just running around in circles, barking at each other. Ah! I know. I mean, I'm like, you know, I. It's a lot of work having a dog, and I'm like, one's yeah. enough. But when I saw them together, I had a little weakness. Like, yeah, especially if you have a good cool. sized yard where they yeah. run around. Yeah, yeah. It's an okay the, size. The crazy thing is that that used to be a wolf. Even like an English bulldog. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, that was a wolf. That was a wolf. They all come from that. Yeah, and then the wolves like slowly got closer to us by the campfire. We had food. We'd chuck a little food right. to him. He'd be cool to us. The other wolves, so back off. These guys got food. They're cool. They're <laughs> yeah. cool. They're cool, man. And then they became more and more submissive, they think, over time. Right. The ones that were more submissive were more accepted, and they bred more, and then their ears started to flop. Right. they were more submissive versus, like, like the ears up, like, listening around for prey. Right, and right. Instead, they became this thing. Wow. You know, we came to know as dogs. 
It's pretty great. It's fucking strange, man. <laughs> it is strange. It is you know, weird. they didn't know that when they were before like it, they though. started doing those uh, DNA tests on dogs. They thought that they would find that dogs came from like a bunch of different wild canids, like a bunch of different wild dog species. Yeah, that's and what I like, would think. Nope. Yeah. All from North America too. Because they're so different looking. Oh, it's crazy. I don't crazy about. Well, so are people though, right? I mean, that's the weird thing about yeah. life. Life just, that's it's one of the reasons why it's so easy for us to like g- gather up into these stupid tribes. Yeah. It's because visually we look so much different. Right. You know, I mean, people from South Korea look way different than people from Africa. And it's very different to not think of us all as the same. Yeah. So you tribal up with the people that look similar to you because you're scared of the other. And not even the look. There's probably, like within us, there's traits that you don't even know that you're recognizing like when i'm around italians it's yeah. like there's something about it that's yeah you know that's comforting for sure you know yeah that's why it's like really funny not funny but it's really odd when like super light-skinned black people are like really radical black activists you're like hey, <laughs> right? are, yeah. you, are you are you making up for something here like what's going on here <laughs> right? is this just how you actually feel or you like really want to gain acceptance in this tribe yeah super right. hardcore so every tribe's like, been knocking you you have out. to like show your your you know because it's one thing that uh, a friend of mine said who's black he was talking about uh black racism and he was like one of the weirdest racisms that i've had to accept is dark people uh versus uh, like lighter black skinned people. light skinned and yeah light skinned people will oftentimes be really racist to dark skinned black people interesting and i was like really Jeez. he's like oh yeah yeah there's a big difference well. big difference between how light skinned black people feel about dark skinned black people and vice versa and it's like this wow. dark skinned black people racism within black people i was like whoa yeah that's a whole mindset that uh well, i could never shows. try and understand but just give people enough time and they'll eventually find a group to belong to yeah that they even inside the group like if you ask right. like the black people who are light-skinned do they identify more with the dark-skinned black people or white people they'd probably see more of the dark-skinned black people this is obviously a great generalization right? yeah yeah but these people that have these issues with this thing right but they probably in comparison to white people like well i'm not that I'm not right. this person. Right. I'm one of these. I'm more like that guy. But this right. guy's not like me because, you know, he's that and I'm this. And then this is my group and that's yeah. their group. You know, so even inside groups, we have these, these factions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hardline Republicans. Right. You know, versus I'm more of on the libertarian side. Right. I'm alt-right. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Just check my profile. I'll let you know what it's all about. I'm vegan athlete, <laughs> super wonder person. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, that's really kind of what it yeah. is in a lot of ways. I mean, there's good ideas behind all these things. Yeah. Not, notwithstanding. Especially, like, when you're talking about idea, not race, right? Like, good ideas behind being a vegan even good ideas behind like a lot of uh, right-wing republican ideas like what they're trying to do is noble right yeah no absolutely in some, in some cases. yes it's the extremes it's mm-hmm. the extremes it's it's saying that that my team can never be wrong in any regard and it's just being on a team period yeah it's just there's a lot people want to belong accept. you gotta accept a lot of bullshit if you want to join a team yeah billy dropped the ball that fuck now we lose <laughs> Screw that guy. He's one of us? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know Billy. Twat. Get him out of here, that twat. Yeah. <laughs> Twat's the best word ever. Yeah, twat's a great word. My twat friend, is so good. That Sargon of Akkad guy was trying to say me, it, tell me it was I was spelling, saying it wrong. It's not twat. 
that it's twat. Twat? Twat. But he's no. out of his mind. Twat. How do you say SWAT? Like SWAT team. Yeah. SWAT. You, say, you don't say SWAT, you fucking <laughs> English cocksucker. It doesn't have the Shut impact. Your mouth. First of all, the idea of English people telling us how to use their language <laughs> is offensive. That is really rude. <laughs> you can't tell me how to speak your language, English person. <laughs> Back off. We own it now. My favorite <laughs> variation of English, though, is Australian. Because it's a very distinctive <laughs> version of English. It's not American. Yeah. You know? No. It's distinctive. Oh, no, completely. Yeah. They're off on their own island to making up their own rules. <laughs> like my friend Adam, my friend Adam Greentree, who's, by the way, has the most exciting Instagram story in the world right now. He's been living by himself in the backcountry. Bow hunting in Colorado. Oh, yeah. He totally struck out in Colorado. He was there for like 20 days. I started watching because I heard you talk about he him. He bailed on Colorado, and now he's moved into the grizzly-infested mountains of, uh, well, not only that, the grizzly-infested mountains of Montana, but not only that, he documented, officially documented grizzly bears in Colorado, where people are saying there's no grizzlies in Colorado, and there's even a, a website no that deals with it and says that people who say they sighted a grizzly bear in Colorado, it's oftentimes like Sasquatch, like you think you saw it. No, he is an experienced outdoorsman who's been a bow hunter his whole life. Right. He knows what he's looking at, and he found several grizzly bears in the mountains, deep in the backcountry And recorded it? 16 miles in, yeah. I mean, they're little blobs moving around the background. Right. It's hard to see. Ah. but. But they're big. Yeah. And he said that is absolutely 100% a fucking mountain grizzly bear. So they're moving into Colorado, too. He's been in the woods a long time. 20 days. And now he's back. He got in a car. He rented a car. It took him a day. He drove um, into, I think, Wyoming or Idaho, whatever's connected to Montana. I think it's Wyoming. No. Idaho. I think it's Idaho. Yeah. He drove into Idaho, and now he's making his way down from Idaho into the like parks in Idaho, and he's hiking into Montana, into grizzly-infested backcountry. And Wyoming. He's coming from the yeah. south. It's fucking scary shit, man. There's grizzlies everywhere up there. He uh, has a family? Yes, he does. And he's just out in the woods? Don't be scared, Tom Papa. <laughs> I'm not scared. I'm, what, I'm, envious. I'm envious of how he gets out of his house to go to the woods for, for that 20 long. 20 days. 20 days plus. I don't know, if my, I don't know if my wife would let me. <laughs> well, if you were updating I would love your, it. If you're updating your Instagram story constantly. See, that's my theory as to why he's doing this. This way, it lets everybody know where he is all the time. Oh. Everybody knows he's okay. Versus like him just disappearing off the map for 30 days. Right. It is so interesting that you could be out there and be able to film stuff and communicate and look at maps. and He's a savage. Not a lot of people could do it that way. Yeah. Even most bow hunters will tell you, like, man, I'll go for a backcountry camping trip for like seven days by myself or yeah. 10 days but this guy's just gone so deep he's and by yourself by himself that's that's the thing i mean even yeah. having one other friend makes a big difference he ran out of food a while back so you could see him like getting skinnier and skinnier as time went on <laughs> oh, then he had to go into town to get more food oh my yeah, god he ran out of food he's <laughs> like, you see it in his face like really? his face is getting more gaunt his eyes are getting more sunken in it's like whoa i saw him like exhausted at one point he was oh, just yeah. like laying back so deep man I mean, what he's doing, he had to filter water through uh, a piece of uh, a wet, uh, like, old, rotting piece of wood. Ooh. He poured the because his filter was back at camp 16 miles away, because he had been running, he'd been getting so much fresh water that was pumping right out of the ground from right. springs, you could just drink that. But when you come to a creek, like, you have to take a chance. Yeah. Because it could be Jardia, because beavers shit in the dam, and you get what they call beaver fever. Oh, boy. And you shit your brains, like, <laughs> rocket, projectile, 
broken fire hydrant diarrhea. Just blah, blah. Oh. Where, where your body's like, hey, fuckhead. Yeah, I saw him taking a sip and saying, I might regret this in yeah. a couple days. Maybe he did. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he drinks a lot straight out of the ground. And he just does, this is his gig? Well, he has a company in Australia, and he's kind of his own boss, so he gets to decide that he goes on on the road for 30 days at a time and do this. Wow. But but he's a very famous professional bow hunter, too. Wow. Yeah, it's a crazy Insta story, if you're interested, to see what it's like for these guys that want to do these uh, backcountry solo hunts. But it's, uh, there he is. Look at his face in the far left. He's yeah. lost a lot of weight, man. Yeah. He had a little... He's going to be sh- shredded when he gets off the mountain. <laughs> oh, man. He's going to pose for a fucking calendar. He's a handsome fella, isn't he? Hey. It's so funny. Like the, It's amazing about like just social media. It's like you watch him and he's like out in the woods by himself. Then yeah. the next story is, hey, the my, my show. <laughs> I'm at my show at the Ice House. It's really having a good time. <laughs> I know. So he's crazy. He's pretty hardcore. He's different lives. That, yeah. <laughs> you know? But I was going to say, their their version of the English language is the best. Yeah. Because he'll say, you know, well, I've got me tent, i got me bow over here, I've got me water supply, I'm all good. Everything's me this, me that. Me I, that? That, to me, is like my favorite version of the English language. Like, yeah. English sounds slightly cooler than American, mm-hmm. but Australian is slightly cooler than English. That's the, ver- the most, I don't the know best if it's use cooler. of the English language. It sounds a little, uh, it sounds a little uh, reckless to me. Do you think so? It's a reckless language? Yeah, reckless they're, all, the they're all wound up. Oh. <laughs> well, everything can kill them over there. They're uh, wound up. Yeah, they got to be wound up. Fucking snakes and spiders and crocodiles, and they're surrounded by sharks. <laughs> they're all out there on their own. They're Anyone on their attacks own. them, there's no one there. No one's going to help. Yeah, I mean, how big is the Australian army? It's like 25 people, I think. Well, the whole place is only the, the amount of people. It's the same size as America. But the amount of people is the same as California. Slightly less than California. Oh, that sounds great. Beautiful. Just drive around. I was just saying this before to Jamie that I, I think living in L.A., I just feel like I'm going to end up being the cranky guy that can't be around people. Right. I, there's so many people around us all the time. Yeah. It just, it's exhausting. It is, but it's also energizing, right? Like, Somewhat, yeah. Like when I come back from the woods if mm-hmm. i go somewhere like especially camping yeah and then you come back to civilization you kind of appreciate restaurants and yeah movie theaters yeah get some popcorn and watch a movie you just like being around it maybe yeah. that's it you just need breaks from it yeah that's what i think yeah i think the best of both worlds is both worlds right i think just living by yourself in the woods like the unabomber like what the fuck dude <laughs> i don't want to end up that way yeah. that's what i that's I'm out here alone with nature. Just nature. No fucking phones, pussy. Yeah. yeah. What's going on here, I can't do that. Total military personnel, 81,000. We have 81,000 military in my house. (laughs) I know. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Amount of military that we have in America. What's the amount of military in America? Let's let's guess. Let's guess before we search. How How many many military in the United States? Military? Military members. We're not even going to include the Coast Guard. You have to include the Coast Guard. All right. Navy, Coast Guard, Marines, Air Force, Army. Four million. 18 million. 70 million. 70? I'm going crazy. No. Three. 2.6. 2.3, rather. Yeah. It wasn't so bad. Total population, 323. Well, they're not including Mexicans. Oh. 323 million. Oh. And then total military, 2,300. Wow. 
So less than 10%. You know what's interesting about that number, man? I remember when 250 million, when, when I was a kid, uh -huh. the population was 250. I remember, because I remember thinking, me and my friends were sitting around, we were in high school, we were like, 250 million. Yeah. How the fuck are there that many people? Yeah. We were like, wow. That's so many. Now it's almost 100 million more. My God. In the it's world? Like billions Seven more. billion. But what was it then? I think, I think in like the 80s, when I was in high school. Yeah. I bet there was three and a half. Yeah, I bet there was like three. Yeah, three I believe million. that. We've we've learned to survive too well. Exactly. It's amazing. There's so we got, many people. Because we got all this food. It's shipped into these cities. And, and medicine, factory farming, and medicine. Right? We're living longer. <sighs> living much longer. Longer. So many people. All this During the last eclipse, that's what the the stat that blew my mind. During the last time we had an eclipse, total mm -hmm. eclipse like that on our uh, on our continent, uh, it was a hundred years ago. Hundred years ago, there were fewer people in the whole state of California than who live in L.A. today. Oh, it must have been nice. Oh, it must have been glorious. You could have got to the comedy store in like ten minutes on a bike. <laughs> yeah, just roll down Laurel oh, Canyon. Oh, worry so in the world. Oh, so sweet. Oh my <laughs> like god. A, LA was like a small town. So many damn people. 1917. There's three million people oh, in California. In the whole state. That's way less than LA. Oh, LA's my like god. 20 million. Three million people amazing? in 1917. In the whole state. And they were probably like, there's so many fucking people here. Like, I can't, so gross. <laughs> right, I can't go to town <laughs> one more time. <sighs> run into those assholes. What is today Texas? What does Texas have today? Go to the very end here. Texas has 27 million. Canada, the entire country of Canada, 36 million. Oh, my God. California, 39 million. So California has more people than fucking Canada. So I'm not going crazy. It's a real no, thing. I'm feeling it. Thing. Yeah. Well, that's also one of the reasons why California, or rather Canada, the people are so nice. It's, it's, they're not as uh, overwhelmed. Yeah. They're surprised to see you. <laughs> see that, that bear on the fucking California sign? You yeah. know what's crazy? That bears like that are extinct in California. What is that? That's it's a, like grizzly. a grizzly. They used to have grizzlies in California. In fact, the last grizzly that killed a man in California before they killed him was in Lebec. Lebec... California. There's a guy that was the last guy killed by a bear in California. His name, I think it was Stephen Lebec. Uh -huh. Something Lebec. L-E-B-E-C. Right. And uh, they named a town after him. He was the last guy in California to be killed by bears. We used to have was giant, that? huge bears. In like the 1800s? I think it was, I think it was then. Right. I think it was the 1800s. But they killed him because they were killing all the people. Like they were killing us. Right. <laughs> it was us or them. But meanwhile, it's them we put on the flag. Like we won, but we, we miss you, buddy. Yeah, so we'll put you on the flag. We love you. We, we love looking at you, but you got to stop eating us. And <laughs> so we had to shoot you all. <laughs> you know what's lame about that is uh, it's similar to the, what happened with the Native Americans. But it's not. A lot it of people is. think it is. You know what most we killed most of the Native Americans in this country? disease smallpox like a bunch of diseases yeah the 90 percent that we brought to them yeah isn't that crazy 90 yeah. percent of them were killed wiped out by disease yeah i always thought we killed them all we killed a lot of them for sure not I, we i shouldn't say we i was I'm, just reading I'm this grandchild of immigrants yeah i was just reading yeah exactly we were in italy at the time yeah. enjoying ourselves <laughs> there was a uh, lake the tenaya lake in uh, Yosemite, yeah. uh, is named after this chief tenaya who we killed his son we killed his son in front of him 
We should stop saying we. I know. It definitely <laughs> if, wasn't us. Yeah. I feel guilty. Uh, I, had, I had that in my act for a while. My daughter's like, why did we do that? I'm like, easy with the we. Uh. <laughs> we were on Vespas and eating spaghetti. We're lovers. Uh, she, and then named the lake after him. Whoa. Like, Killed his kid in front of him, made him suffer, killed him, and then named the lake after him. It's like it absolves us of the guilt. And we're just like, oh, Tanaya, there was a name. No. There was some horrible, horrible shit going on back then. Horrible. All over the world. I mean, and even before that, like the accounts of what Columbus did when they encountered the natives. And then, you know, they were trying to get gold out of these people and slaughtered these people. Slaughtered. So, I mean, it's a serial killer type shit. Yeah. I mean,. That's we used to have Columbus. Day. I guess we still do. Not, in, do. not in California. They're getting rid of it. What they they, got, they, they voted it out. Day? In, yeah, it's a good idea. But in uh, New York, uh, you know, Columbus Circle, and they still have the someone to face the Columbus uh, statue in Central Park. People got to stop doing that, man. Just like you got to stop. You can't deface Genghis Khan statue. Like it's one thing to revere and worship these people, and we definitely shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. But like to we, those statues are history. We should look at it, but understand what we're looking at. You know, yeah. but don't, we're not worshiping a statue of Christopher Columbus, but it is a fascinating thing to know that this monster like, yeah. got in a boat and sailed across the ocean. If it wasn't for him, likely wouldn't be a whole population here, right. him and the people that he went with. I think you got to add some new statues. Yeah, some that's new a good statues. Move. That's of, a good move. Yeah, of, of of other people that had a positive impact on stuff. You know, you know what's fucked up though about a lot of these Civil War statues that people are wanting to tear down now and destroy. Yeah. What's fucked up was when you look at when those things were built, mm -hmm. those things weren't built like way before the civil rights movement and they're a relic of an ancient past. No. Right. A lot of them were built in response to the civil rights movement. So it, they really right. are racist in origin. Yeah. A lot of the Robert E. Lee ones and all that shit where right. people are like, you know, exactly. we'll take back the world and the South's going to rise again. And yeah, no, they weren't around, right, yeah. since the 1800s. It was like 1965. Yeah. And a lot <laughs> yeah. of them are made really quickly and shittily. Yeah. In response to the civil rights movement and that they were made out of like copper and bronze and shit because it was easier to do than stone. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 No, that's not good. No, we got to create some other people, other What's statues. That? It's like a visualization of the number of monuments that were erected and what happened. Like, there's also. These are all Civil War monuments? Uh, yeah. This, Look at that yeah. shit. NAACP was founded. Giant spike in Civil War monuments. <laughs> wow. Look at that, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a retaliation. Red Summer race riots. Giant spike in Civil War monuments. Tulsa race riots, giant spike in civil war riot, uh, civil war statues. That's nuts, man. Yeah, like you could track it. There's a bigger <laughs> version of this too. I was trying to find right now, but wow, I just got this little chunk of it. That's spooky. Yeah, because no one's talking about that when they're talking about keeping these things up and they represent our heritage. Like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but worshiping this is a real problem because you got to realize what was the motivation to put like why is it okay though for right. me why 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 do i look at it and go i have a problem with this because they did it during the racist 1960s or during the early 1900s and the NAACP was created i would accept it better if it was 200 years old instead of 100 like what's wrong with right. me right like why do i care right what do you mean why do you care i mean why why is it like i mean why, why that... is it more offensive that it was created by racists in the 1960s than if it was created by racists 200 years ago. Maybe it's because like, oh, it's I a direct line yeah. to like, people alive right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. that's dirty. It's dirty when you look at the actual spikes. Yeah. George Wallace. It jumped up during the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Woo! 
when George Wallace is blocking the schools. Ooh, boom, jumped boom, up. A Look whole at bunch. That. That's weird. Yeah. Man. Detroit race riots. Boom. We got a little spike. Yeah. <laughs> hanging on to it. <laughs> not so fast. Teams at war. Yeah. More teams. Act out of kindness. That's not an act out of kindness. Well, that's, that's not a... putting a statue up there out of uh, out of love. Do you ever think, though, that those people that were doing all this stuff back then, they really didn't have a direct connection with the world the way we have today? And then one of the reasons why we're seeing all these people tearing these things down now is because we all have a direct connection with each other, and we realize that, hey, these Civil War statues, they're fucking horrible. Yeah. Like, what the Civil War was was horrible. Right. Like, saying that it's a part of your culture, this is horseshit. Like, no, this is a part of a terrible attempted right. genocide on black people de demonizing to the point where they were the other and it was okay to enslave them for yeah. hundreds of years no you could live in in new york state and not have any idea really what was going on in the south at the time no 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 you don't understand the civil war was about economics <laughs> yeah i've seen that <laughs> argument too but i've seen that argument torn apart if there was social media back then do you think slavery would have even existed no and here's the thing nobody wants slavery today if you do you're a cunt and, <laughs> yeah. t and two it doesn't mean that like when you guys define yourself by a war that you lost and the war had a, b a big part of what the war was about with slavery. Yeah. That's a giant problem. It's a big problem. It's a, a giant problem in how the world looks at us and looks yeah. at you and the way you look at yourself. Like you're, you, yeah, you, you're like justifying some of the most horrific shit in human history. So far from you know, kindness. American history. Yeah, that's not out of kindness. <laughs> slavery. They they actually live better. Ugh. I heard that argument. Oh they actually lived better as slaves. Oh, gee, that's weird. Wouldn't? Uh, how strange is it that people lived better when you fed them and they lived in fucking cages than when they were released with no skills and no education and couldn't read and had to repopulate? Oh my God! And in a country that they don't even. It's not even the country of their origin. Yeah, as you're still as you're putting up a statue on your yeah. way out the door. Of a fucking general <laughs> who fought to keep slavery alive. Yeah. Ooh. No, let's move on. It doesn't Come mean on. that the South isn't awesome, folks. It doesn't mean that you're not awesome. Yeah. You know? But let's move forward. But Stop here, with the teams. Here's the problem, right? What do you do about old Leonard Skinner albums with that, that fucking flag? <laughs> <laughs> I what know. do you do? What does that flag represent to the Dukes of Hazard now? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah, I know. Old Neil Young. It's tricky. Yeah. It's like all things. It's not that black and white. You can't absolute that. Because no, the there South is, has some awesome shit. Well, you also don't want to... There is a danger in wiping out history so we don't learn from it. Like, you can't do that either. Like, you yeah. can't just pretend this thing didn't exist and that there's right. remnants of it still around. You need to be educated of if we're going to learn from history you need to educate yourself about it yeah absolutely so do. you can't just sweep it all under the rug and think okay if we don't see it it didn't exist yeah yeah absolutely you know and on that note tom papa let's bring this bitch home this cigar was so nice very good right very so good cigar great. what's it what's it called uh oliva 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 hopefully created by highly skilled well compensated craftsmen and women are craftswomen. women <laughs> are you uh you're going on the road for a bit on the road again S cranking it out i'm doing the comedy store saturday night i'm gone uh most of next week and then uh then i'm then i'm banging out a bunch of shows Woo! nice October 6th, Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada, ladies and gentlemen. At the motherfucking Mirage. I'm going to be gone for about a month. Where are you going, bitch? Everywhere. TomPapa.com? Yeah, that's where all my dates are. Oh, shit. Pacific Northwest, the South. 
the Northeast. And if you have not seen, Tom Papa is one goddamn hilarious stand-up comedian. So go out and see him live, you fucks. I'm glad we got this in. This was oh, a nice treat. I didn't think I'd see you for a while. Fucking fun, man. Yeah, always the best. And I got some elk for you. Ah, here we go. You're the best. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. Girl, girls too. Bye, girls too.